Boris, what have I watched that he's directed? Because you would totally know all the movies I've watched. Okay, uh, c- Casino. Yeah, uh, Casino. Goodfellas, probably, if you've seen Casino. You do Goodfellas? Yeah, that's him. Okay. Uh, Color of uh, Money. Uh, I don't know why that was the next one I brought up. <laughs> <laughs> that is a movie he made. I, um, I do like mob movies, so... Yeah, he made some I, good ones. I need to see more movies, because for a guy who's trying to break into screenwriting, I'm watching criminally few of them, so... I don't know if that'll help or not. Like, that's the thing. Because if you see too many movies, then you're going to derive from them, maybe. So, I, I don't know. I'm not true, sure true. Because, uh, yeah. I, I, I do have to know what what the the nerds want to watch, what the rabble enjoy in their theater. <laughs> watch a bunch of James Cameron or something, and then you'll know. Welcome to the Pits and Response Podcast. Hey guys, it's November 4th, 2013. <laughs> what? It's fading out. That's when I jump in. Why are you laughing? Oh. You did a good job. Okay, hey guys, it's Nathan and Paul, and we got a special guest this week. It's Carlos. How's it going, yeah. folks? Hi, hello. AKA Specs. Yes, that's one of the, ha- the aliases. And Handsome Fat Man. Man. The Master and of Disaster. The Master of Disaster. <laughs> Master the King Blaster, of Swing, the Webmaster anyway. Master, all, the, yep. all these names. Yep, yep. yep those you are know, I, <laughs> I, I think I gotta say, I'm wicked jealous that your podcast has this cool intro tune, while me just has you know me and my buddy being assholes talking about nothing in particular. I'm like, it's not professional. We need a I gotta, cool. I gotta team. say, I love it though. Like, I listen to your podcast whenever you guys put it out, and whenever I remember, because I don't have an RSS feed thing anymore. I use a app called Stitcher, and I don't think you guys are on it. So I use that anytime I want to listen to a podcast. But like, when I do remember, I'll sit down at my computer while I'm working or something, put it on, and I love the just like we say fucked up shit. You probably shouldn't listen at the beginning sort of thing that you guys do. You're like disclaimer. And then you just go right into like, this thing is fucking stupid and I'll tell you why. And I like that. I do like it. It's, it reminds me of the good old days of destructoid when they would just kind of start where there'd be like rolling. Okay. Welcome. Welcome. And they, they just would start off like maybe, maybe too much production is the problem we have. I don't well, know. Uh, all I know is thank you very much for the kind words. And yeah, I, I still I still want a theme song. Gotta get cool ass themes. Uh, oh, I'm 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 totally allowed to swear. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Excellent. Fuck fuckity fuck fuck. Let's do this. Get it all out of the way right away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nathan. Yeah. You are very quiet right now, and it's starting to scare me. Are you okay? No, dude. It was like you brought up Destructoid right away, and I was like, oh, man, should I segue like right now? Is that what happened? But okay. Are we going to talk about Destructoid? I mean, we could. There was, there so, was Nathan, what happened? <laughs> All right. So, longtime listeners know that Jim Sterling of Destructoid fame is the primary reason Deadly Premonition came upon my radar, which changed yep. my life forever. Um, no, nah, I don't know. 
Uh, dude left Destructoid because he's got too much other internet business going on, so he doesn't need the small time stuff anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the reason is. He was very nice about it, but he's not the reviews editor there anymore. So is that site on fire? Are they done? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's where I'm jumping to right away because that real... seemed to be some of the tone in the threads I was reading. It was just like, oh man, like they also they also shut down the Destructoid show. Like all this stuff's not happening anymore. I'll tell you what happened with Destructoid, and you can follow yeah, yeah. along with me if you know the history, and if not, I can probably explain something if, like, for anybody that might not know. But Okay, I was not a frequent they, visitor. They so. lost their critical eye for indie games when Anthony Birch left. Yeah, and he became a writer and super successful. They lost their comedy when Brad Nicholson left. Yeah, he, what's he doing now? What's that dude doing? Is he still doing mobile stuff? Touch, Is he touch, touch arcade? arcade? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's still touch arcade. Is Electric Hydra over? I am like, not sure. But they haven't updated no. in a long time, so probably. Okay. Okay. And they now lost the one person that actually gave their name out to people. Mm-hmm. Like Jim Sterling is pretty well known, and everybody else is kind of not that works at Destructoid. So kind about, of, kind of. Dead. What about Jonathan Holmes? Jonathan Holmes started doing kind of a with. James Sterling. Yeah. So now he is again a nobody, probably. He's kind of he's, he's like an indie guy. He likes the indie games. Him and Conrad, you know. Oh, he likes cute games. games. There's a difference. He likes what? He likes cutesy games. He doesn't like games that deal with real subject matter. Oh, so it's like Papers Please comes on his desk. He's like, "What the fuck? This is terrible." Yeah, probably. But I then hate Pokemon that. is cute. So okay. love that Pokemon and that uh, what the fuck is that game called that everybody plays that I don't get? Legendary Starfy. I know. Like what the no. hell? People Dew Leaf? won't shut up. Dew Leaf. Dew Leaf. Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, man, I played some of that this week, but whatever. We don't so, need to get into it. So, what would you think of the latest Pokemon, which has a particularly dark undertone to it, to its backstory? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's got like me war and shit. I like me some Pokemon, kind of. But no, you like Pokemon. Come on. Well, I mean, it's Pokemaniac is how I describe you. Pokemaniac is not the way I would describe myself. However, I yeah. am okay with the formula, and every single time they do it over and over again. And I bought the latest game. Yeah, so yeah. I, I haven't bought a Pokemon game in a while, so I felt like buying this one was okay. I usually mm-hmm. kind of just play them on emulators. With the speed up, so grinding isn't an issue. Oh, okay. So, I don't know what he would think of the new Pokemon. Maybe he loved it because Pokemon. But uh, how often would you visit Destructoid? Because for me, it would be like periodically I'd check a review there or something. But I kind of tapered off after a little brief fascination with kind of how they did stuff. The days of Anthony Birch, Brad Nicholson, uh, Topher Cantler, and. Uh, what's his name? Submit, Sar- Submit Sarkar. Sorry, I've been drinking, so this is hard. Aaron yeah. Indy and uh, Jim Sterling. I visited it probably once a day. Okay, that's pretty and frequent. Now, once every couple months, if something strikes my interest in a Google search. Mm-hmm. So, never. Did Nero leave there, too? Like, as CEO no, or something? The, he's the runner. He runs Is it. he still though? I thought I thought he might have left too in the recent past, but I haven't really again been keeping I don't up. Think so. so, okay, I don't know, but prominent stuff 
out of Destructoid has been kind of shutting down. Like, I mean, I wasn't watching it, but the Destructoid show, that was kind of a popular thing, I guess, and that is gone. Because it had a, what's her name on it, Tara Reed? No. Yeah. Tara Reed's Not a Tara Reed. She's yeah, an actual Tara Reed, she was on there. Yeah, man. No, Tara, what's, what was it, Tara something? Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll just agree with you, I don't know. I don't know, it was a girl that played video games. Oh, what? That's that crazy. Tara... Yeah, so automatically a million hits, right? Million hits. I feel like such a scumbag for saying that, but I'm being a little pessimistic lately because you go on Twitter and it's just like this girl with like a halter top on and her avatar says something about video games, like a hundred retweets. I say Mm. something that I actually think about something that people should pay attention to, and like two people are like, yeah, I kind of agree. (laughs) Yeah, but you're. Your tits aren't as nice as hers, man. I disagree. I don't know. Not seen me in a halter top, sir. Uh, I, I, I'm not saying that your tits aren't bad. Are bad. Aren't. Okay. Double okay. negatives. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, so you are saying they're bad? I'm saying whatever is funnier. Okay. <laughs> in that case, hilarious. Anyways. But yeah, Destructoid has kind of been dead for a while. And Jim Sterling leaving is not another nail in the coffin so much as the coffin being thrown into the ground and buried. Whoa. Harsh words. I guess. I don't know. Shots um, pixel response versus destructoid. That's not true at all. That would be great, though. That would give us so much attention. It would be awesome. It's like, we're starting well, to rap. Because Jim Sterling's gone. Nobody gives a shit. It would not give us attention. Oh, I guess so. It's like kicking a horse or whatever they say. The kids. Besides, I honestly actually genuinely like jim sterling not because i agree with stuff he says but yeah that guy actually has balls to say what he thinks do you watch jim's positions or i don't i don't watch any (laughs) i've seen a couple of them but yeah i don't know i i've i've definitely kind of tapered off in general uh with all of like too many willem defoe jokes i don't know like every time I'd listen to Podtoid, it was like, "Is this the same episode?" Like, I don't no, no, no. Every time you listen to Podtoid, it was about Jonathan Holmes's supple anus. Yeah, no, it was like riffing on just weird sexual stuff. Or, hey, Willem Dafoe is hilarious. So I can't imagine what the Beyond Two Souls episode of their show must have been like. Cause but I'm I mean, it's kind it. of okay. Just like keep it on the download, like we do. Like we don't talk about fucking each other as much. And like, not nearly as much, like maybe eight percent what they do. Sure, over there. so sure. it's, you know, it's kind of got a bit repetitive, but or you know Gordon Ramsay doing ridiculous things. That was kind I of. I can't remember weird. who, but somebody in one of the chats was saying they were going to write fanfic about you and I, and I got a little excited about it. I'm not because <laughs> if that happens, <laughs> I will made read it. it on air. That's the 21st century way of knowing you made it. Is like there's slash fiction of you. That's how you know. Sure. So, thank you, that guy, I guess. I don't know. At, at some point in that fan fiction, I need to see the word mound used sensually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's very specific demands, but there it is. I mean, Carlos is a writer himself, so I'm sure <laughs> there's certain words where he's just like, this word really titillates me. Indeed. And mound is on top of that mound. <laughs> Pun not intended, believe it or not. That was terrible. Mound, mound, mound. There you go. Yeah, mound, there you go. It's That's Batman.com for all your wordplay needs. <laughs> yes. 
site is under construction, has been for about two years, probably will be for another two. We'll hey, see how it's that like goes. pixel response, there you go. Anyway, Destructoid's dead. We can move on. I mean, rest in peace. Pour one out. I'm going to pour one out in my mouth right now. Hold on. I, wait. I'm gonna, if I, well, I, I want to see if I can get the sound of me pouring one out into my mouth. Okay. Hold on, okay? Oh. I was going to... Okay. <sighs> <laughs> well, there was definitely the reaction to it. That but... was too much. Way too fast. That was everything okay. I hoped it would be. <laughs> There's a beer gone. Go I on. guess just briefly bouncing back to Destructoid stuff. Like I generally, I enjoyed Jim Sterling's kind of take on games because he would he was not afraid to use the whole scale, right? Like if sure. a game came out that he didn't like, it gets like a two instead of like, or, eh, it's all right. No, seven. like if a game came out that he didn't particularly love, but he had a good hour with it, like sure, a three or something. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Still. A slight glimmer of something decent there, but like you probably shouldn't pay money for it instead of like a six where it's like this is under seven, so it automatically fails the buy test, well, which everybody's like, used there was, there was critically beloved stuff that I ended up kind of syncing up with his thoughts on, like uh, the Assassin's Creed series in general kind of ended up in kind of the lower end of the scale for him. I was more kind of in the middle, but the main one was Bastion for me. Like I was like pretty whatever on that game, and he gave it like a 6.5. Which I felt kind of validated by because it was just like he was yeah. literally the only critic out there saying like it's okay, but I don't know. And everyone else was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! This is like video game storytelling finally did it." And you're just like, "What are you see? I don't." No, that is- game is an easy six point five or seven. I think. Yeah, would agree. It's, yeah, it's good, but I I don't know. Like I've been thinking about revisiting it just to make sure I didn't miss something because I kind of liked the transistor demo I played, but. Overall, like I just felt so pushed out of that story, I wasn't really feeling it in the way a lot of people were. But um, I don't know. Like occasionally, though, like I mean, Deadly Premonition, I was right there with him on that. I thought it was really fantastic in a way. But man, I've been playing Killzone Three this week. He gave that like a perfect ten. I don't get it. Like I just don't like sure. Killzone very much. Apparently, yeah, but yet. he loves Killzone. He's always been tooting the Killzone horn. Why? Like I mean, I don't it know. Looks nice. But the way it plays is just like, okay, like, this is a shooter. Like, there was a stealth section I was playing that was literally just like, hey, man, hide in the grass. And there was just a path of grass past a bunch of stuff. And it was like, this is so stupid right now. Like, it's just like, why is there grass here? There's only grass in this path that leads you past all this cool stuff. And it was just like, this is so dumb right now. Like, I was just angry at that game. And in terms of pacing and stuff, like, the combat, like, didn't feel intuitive to me. Like, I was just running out there and trying to shoot stuff or like hiding behind stuff and just getting totally wasted. And it's just like, okay, I, I just don't understand how this game feels. Like it's like trying to be fast paced, like call of duty, but it's, it's also really punishing in terms of how much damage you take. Sure. I, I was not having a good time or there was like a mech sequence that was anything but empowering. Like, it's like, Oh man, I'm in this big badass mech. Let's go. And it's like, no, you're the most fragile thing ever. Don't right. hide like the building. Those games where it's like you're in a giant mech and you should feel powerful, but instead it just means you're a giant bigger target for everything yeah, else to just destroy you. <laughs> yeah, and there's like little dudes with rocket launchers hiding in this building, and there's like those dudes have the advantage right now. Like, I wish I wasn't in this thing. Where's the get out of this stupid thing button? And there isn't because it's a scripted sequence where you're in a mech, and it was just really frustrating. That's why I quit that game like a year and a half ago. So I finally got past that part, but 
yikes. I, I, I know, know what part you're talking about. And yeah, it fucking sucked. You know what the best yeah. part about Killzone is? The graphics? Kind of. And when you're done the game and realize you wasted your whole life. <laughs> like, man, the same thing happened with Killzone 2. Like, I played like half of it and then stopped playing and then like resumed it a year plus later. And it's like every time I boot it up again, it's like, wow, this looks really cool. Like, look at those animations. Man, this pistol looks awesome. And then you're actually playing it, and it's just like, this is a really bad game. Like, I thought bad. I was the only. I thought I was the only person who stopped games for a year before going back and continuing them. I don't know why, but so, I've <laughs> several times on my PlayStation. Like the first Infamous, I got like 98 percent through that game, and I was like, I don't like this. And yeah, then, then you're like, I'm done. I'm done playing this game. This is the <laughs> end for me. The ending for this Later. game is that Cole stopped short, like in his tracks, and yeah, it's like, everyone else won. And I was like, no. But then I then I did a year and a half later. So I keep do- no. I've done that many times. So actually, yeah, that is interesting that anyone else is doing that because first Mass Effect, same thing. Like I start started it, didn't play it, and then a year later was like, oh man, this game's great, and did a marathon <laughs> and rolled right into two. And sure. kills or Fallout Three, I did the same thing. Like I played a bunch of it and then just stopped, and then resumed like a year and change later. I was like, "Oh man, I finally get it." <laughs> it was so weird. But, I've done that for several Zeldas myself. Like Zelda Three, yeah. yeah like uh, I'll just stop for months or a year. Like Zelda Three on the Super Nintendo, couldn't beat that damn ice dungeon. So I didn't play it for like six months, came back to it, and I'm like, oh, I have to push the block into that hole. Let's go finish this game plan. And I guess in theory, that should be a bad thing because you're like no longer aware of what the story was going on. But maybe that showcases how like a lot of games don't care about story because I don't really care. Like it was just like, who's Rico? What is going on? Kills on whatever. We're shooting guys. There's there's guys to shoot and we're shooting them. And that's what's happening. So whatever like you don't it's like the politics of it and all this stuff going on i could not care less it is just an action game with good graphics that i will see through i guess because i don't know well i mean that's the whole reason killzone actually even got a name is that like the ps2 was out for a long time and then people were like killer well no like no killer playstation 2 yeah, the Halo killer was out that's, a long time, and like everybody was used to a certain look for a PlayStation 2 game, and then Killzone was able to just squeeze a little bit more out of that rock. Mm-hmm. Like this is what you can do with graphics on this game and make a generic shooter. I mean, the most generic name you can think of, Kill Zone. Like yeah. really? But <laughs> anyways, the most generic named thing has the best looking graphics on this thing that people are just like okay, this is what these games can look like on this. And they're like, no, they can actually look like this. That's what gave them a name to begin with, and that's where it ends for all of them, because it's like Killzone 2, what's the story? Who fucking cares? It looks okay. Killzone 3, what's the story? Who gives a shit? It looks really good. Like, for this, the game you got on the PS3 to see what the PS3 is capable of, that's what uh, the next one's going to be on the PlayStation 4, that's what that series is about. Well, like, actually, that's the reason I started playing this week, because I got to play a bit of the new one. There was, like, this mall thing. Like, I guess it was at South Center Mall. There's just a PlayStation 4 zone that you just go and hang out in. Is it called a kill zone? It is not called the kill zone, but they do have kill zone. Oh, I want kill zone. 
they did not have calzones there. It was it was kind of disappointing. See, that would be perfect if they just had all the zones in one place. It's like this is the PS zone where you play your kill zone and get a calzone. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, that's so good right now. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, think I don't a think kill zone is asking to be a dish at a video game themed restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. I'm gonna get the kill zone, please. <laughs> Has shrooms in it. You will die when you eat the kill zone. Yeah, you just automatically die. There's too much cheese in it. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. There was a event there, like or whatever. I guess it's just promoting it and through January for some reason. I don't know what they're gonna do after it comes out, but I guess that that whatever. Um, I was under the impression the new Assassin's Creed was there too. It was not. So okay. there was Kill Zone Shadowfall. That's what that's called. Uh, Knack and a handful of indie games like Contrast and Octodad, Dadliest Catch, so all the hits. I, I, I swear there was one more game. But that I was Knack. Knack, initially, I was really not feeling it, but that's partially because this this uh, the way this event was run, there was like no printout with the controls or anything on anything. They just kind of had reps there that would come up and kind of coach you through it. So, like, Brittany and I just kind of jumped in on a co-op knack, and I was just dying over and over. Like, I was just like, I don't know what's going on. Like, Do you see it? those pixels, though? Oh, like the particle effect? Yeah, the that particles? is... particles? Did you see them go everywhere? That is what that game is. It is like, knack is made of our new particle effects. Check that out. Isn't yeah, that like, awesome? it's the packing game, right? It is the new Gex. Enter it the Gecko not, for the new it generation. Not, it is not actually a packing game, but yeah, it probably I mean, should it, it be is though. A very simple kind of tech demo-y thing in a way, but um, I guess what I was doing wrong is I found out later because I I went in there looking again for like how does Assassin's Creed Four look on this thing? Like I want to see if there's like a clear difference between the current gen and next gen kind of thing, and there wasn't. So I was just like, okay, I guess I'll just play Knack. Um, that time I had a rep playing with me, and he kind of explained some stuff. There's a whole like switching between little Knack and big Knack thing so i wasn't doing that before so there's like all these traps it's basically just obstacle course sections where there's like pressure plates and stuff and if you step on them a bunch of arrows start shooting at you and i was just getting totally destroyed by these arrows i was supposed to be shrinking down to small knack and then i could step on those and it wouldn't matter and then i turn back into big knack and then punch dudes maybe you just gotta get the knack of it ah there you go um i've been waiting for years to make that joke (laughs) Yep, I was waiting for someone to make a game called Knack, and then I yep. would make a joke about it, and yep. I finally managed to pull it off. November 4th, 2013, write it down. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's, like, very platformy. Like, well, not platforming. There's literally no platform in it, but it was, like, reminding me of uh, Ratchet and Clank in a way. Like, just, like, very simple, cutesy-looking. You, There's a lot of combat stuff, but I guess Sonic was also the thing it was reminding me of, which might not be a good thing. But, like, second player basically functions like Tails in that they're just kind of hanging out. And That's probably die, not a good thing at all. Yeah. If they die, it doesn't matter at all. You also have, like, a jump and roll attack towards the dude thing, kind of like Sonic does in Sonic Adventure. So, you know, there's there's that. I don't, I don't, again, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Um, but I don't know. There was something kind of satisfying about, like, you're this little dude, and then you run through, like, an obstacle course, like a bunch of laser grid or something, 
and then you like hulk out essentially and turn into this big golem again and then start just punching dudes and jumping around and just wrecking guys I, I guess stuff it was reminding me of is like iron giant in a way because like there's human characters that are basically carrying the story and you are the big weird thing that is hanging out with them and your voice is really weird and deep as well like knack's voice is kind of bizarre so yeah he's kind of hanging out with hogarth essentially and the story revolves around those human characters but you are kind of the big robotic sort of guy can i ask you a question yeah okay so the playstation 4 is almost out it's almost out yeah it's like for the price for about a little less than double the price of the playstation 4 i will be able to upgrade my pc to a point where it can play like everything on the playstation 4 is it worth even bothering getting the console man from what you've seen of knack Honestly, what I was seeing of Knack, and I, I did play Killzone Shadowfall as well, which, I mean, looks fine. Like, it, it's, like, this is a first-person shooter. Like, I will say, like, I found the combat a little more intuitive in that. Like, I was just, like, snapping to dudes and shooting. Like, maybe they've Call of duty it up a bit too much for some people, but I was, like, like I was comfortable pretty quickly. Like, I just figured it out. Um, between those, though, like, man, yeah. I kind of left that event being, like, I don't, why is there a next generation? Like, okay. Like, I guess it's time. It's been eight years or whatever, but I am not any more keen to do that. Cause yeah, PC is kind of still where it's at. So if you like, don't, when give you can go onto Steam and buy like 10 games for $30, I yeah. don't really see the point in paying money for video games. I mean, honestly, the only thing that has me curious is like PlayStation Plus has proven to be pretty awesome. So far, but so, now you have to now you have to have it if you want to play that multiplayer. So that's cool. You you do need that, but it like for a year subscription, like between like I just got a Vita this week. I guess I'll just roll right into that. Like buying a new console and then realizing you have like thirty games for it essentially is kind of cool. So I could see waiting a year or two and then being like, man, look at all this PlayStation Four stuff that's just kind of available now okay, now it makes sense to buy one, you know? Okay. But, like, right now at launch, like, yeah, like, there's no way I'm going to go get one at all. Well, it's the just reason like, I ask this is because the launch is coming, and yeah. I'm a Vita yeah. and Persona 4, and I'm mm-hmm. willing to spend half the price of a PlayStation 4 just for that system to play my minis and my random shit for, that I already have on my PlayStation 3 and Persona yeah. 4. So I'm willing to spend half that price just for a handheld system to play every now and then. I'm not willing to spend the full price for a system I will probably not play for a couple months until a bunch more stuff comes out. Or longer. Like Coming off of me being a day one adopter of the Wii U and basically having a year to sit around waiting for games to come out, because that's what ended up happening. Like There was like six-month stretches easy where I did not turn that thing on. So I, I imagine it will be pretty much the same thing with the PlayStation 4. Like It's like Unless you're a huge Killzone fan, which if you are, I don't understand you as a person based on like my Killzone experiences. Because it's just like this exists just as like a response to other things. Right. Like, there's nothing that distinguishes that game other than those dudes have cool eyes. Look at that helmet. It's got red like, eyes. You're probably an idiot if you're a fan. I'm just I, I didn't. I, I like honestly that that snarky thought came to my head while I was playing Killzone 3. Like, it's just like... Because there's even some thing there to Halo 
where it's like, I'm a fan of Halo because they kind of revolutionized blah, 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 random. They revolutionized, yeah, like console shooters in a way. And they have like, like, even though it's like, yeah, we're iterative now of everything else, it's like you still have that in your back pocket. So it's like, okay, but Killzone literally did nothing. Like, they just released a game for the PlayStation 2 that looked really, really, really good. For a PlayStation 2 game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of has that weird caveat on it. Like for me, like I just never like I bought Killzone 2 right away. And then I don't know why. Like I got tricked twice because I also bought Killzone 3 right away. And it was just like, what am I doing? Like it's it's an average shooter. Like it really is. It has like really bad storytelling. Like you're essentially running from cutscene to cutscene. And then like your dude Severenko or something like his name is basically Sev is hanging out doing military stuff in the future. And it's, it's just not that interesting. I don't, I don't get it. So, so are you a fan of kill zone? Yeah, uh, I have, I have not played any kill zone game whatsoever. My personal favorite shoot 'em ups were the classic dooms and they don't make too many games quite like that anymore. They How don't do make feel- any games like that anymore. <laughs> well, well, it still exists. Serious Sam is kind of that, right? I guess, yeah. Or like Painkiller and Bulletstorm were kind of... Painkiller, yeah, yeah, Painkiller. Like I have like kinda... two of those games, and I played them once. I finished pay- Painkiller Black back when that was a thing. Like I, I was I was kind of into those as well, along with uh, Serious Sam. Like, that dude has no head and bombs on his hands. That's hilarious. I, I don't know. I was up in that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, first-person action stuff, it just... There's little that distinguishes it. I mean, other than slow and clunky was kind of the thing that made Killzone 2 at least different. It's like you take cover really weirdly and then kind of lean up and shoot at stuff. And it's like everything feels heavy, which I don't know. That's not that's not what I want for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I, th- I think if a game is called Killzone, there's got to be a lot of killing, preferably there, in a zone. I'd want it to throw just hordes at me, I think. Like, just kind of stand up. Like, there is that stuff, but, like, you're getting killed a lot, too, as it turned out for me. Like, it was just like, this dude with a flamethrower came up, and you're dead. And it's just like, okay, start again. This guy ran up and But that is me. still killing, so by those parameters, by it still works. It, it's totally as advertised, I guess, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it was definitely kind of not doing it for me. I heard the move stuff's great, though, so... Maybe that's what I'm missing. The move out. is the most important thing. I was honestly looking for one at an EB to like. I, I didn't see it. It was just not there. They just don't have them. So, really? At least this location. I it was right next to this PlayStation Zone, and they did not have the thing. I guess I briefly want to kind of just go back to like the PlayStation thing. I went in twice because I wanted to like. I was like, oh, I must have missed some games. I'm gonna go try to play those again because they kind of cap you at 15 minutes and then kick you out and bring in a new group. Um, the poor guy that has to run that demo thing basically has to hit the same talking points every single time. So it was kind of sad seeing it's just like, all right, if you folks will just step this way, where greatness awaits, and like seeing him kind of kind of trying to like make that interesting each time was just kind of like, oh man, this sucks. This poor guy. Step this way, where greatness awaits, please. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm sure, like, six hours later, like, a few days from now, or, like, come January, that poor guy, I can't imagine. 
like how well, he's, he's probably gonna, gonna kill himself, right? I and mean, he to, he's just gonna thing. snap when someone says greatness to him. Don't you want to just like, bask in the greatness and then stab, stab, stab? Just <laughs> terrible tragedy. And he has to watch the same video like every twenty minutes and has the same pumping song that's like amping up all these games. And it's just like I heard it like twice. And I was like, all right, like this is redundant. And that guy, like, I don't know. They should probably rotate through their entire staff to be that designated dude. And then at least he'll get to play some knack or something. Well, I'm sure everyone there will also be totally sick of knack in like three months or two months, I guess. So whatever. PlayStation, they, they, they have a thing coming out. Yep, uh, they do. Sony, yep. to be specific, I guess. Yeah, have Sony a thing is coming out. And yeah, no, you're kind of right to be like, why would I get this? I don't know. I, I I wouldn't like they're giving free games and stuff to plus members right away. Like you get contrast, which is also there, um, which I played a bit of it. It's OK. It's like a side scrolling platformer that also has 3D stuff in it. But it's a platformer. Like, I guess my thing I, is like, remember when the Wii U came out and I was like, why would I get this? Yeah, there was more reason for me to get a Wii U right now. Than there is for me to get a PlayStation 4 or Xbox One. Right now. Because at least there's a gimmick. At least there's something different. At least there's a gimmick, and at least there's something that really differentiates it from your PC. But also, like, now that they have a year, there's actually a few items of software you might be interested in. Like, if you like that... No, not really. Zombie U. That's it. Really? Like, your Wonderful 101 or Pikmin? No. 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 Okay. Like, I mean, the new Mario's out in a a couple weeks. Eh. It looks really good though, dude. But okay, uh, I'm I'm really excited for the new Mario. I've wanted a Mario two two for ages, and this is the closest I'm gonna get. Yeah, the playable and sure. chicken and playable toad, and he's faster. Four guys, and uh, if they have picking vegetables in this game, I will not need another game for at least two three weeks. Sure. Yeah. Oh, it, it looked pretty strong based on what I saw. And, like, the co-op is totally chaotic and all that stuff, but, like, not only Mario 2, they they seem to really get that Mario 3 was kind of a big deal. If 3D Land is any indication, like, they kind of put in a lot of that stuff, and this one looks to have some of that, too. So, sure, I'm keen on it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a Mario thing. You're jumping and whatever. So if you're done with that, don't worry about it. But, um, hey, that Zelda remake, they did, it's got the Wind Waker. You, you're, like, sailing around. Uh, you know how I feel about Wind Waker. We don't have to go down this road. But maybe they fixed it. I'm uh probably didn't. You can play uh, Earthbound on it. There, sold. Not sorry, on. Carlos. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it's quite all right. Quite all right. Uh, I liked Wind Waker quite a bit, despite the fact that it was a 3D Zelda, and I'm not really the biggest fan of. I'm not sure why it is that I was so enamored by it back on the GameCube. I think it was exactly like it, it was for the same reason it was so controversial. It was how it looked. The way it looked mm. kind of drew me to keep playing it. And then little cool things would keep me just going, right? Like I'd, I'd get the silver arrows and I'm like, oh, I wonder what the silver arrow does. And it causes a nuclear explosion. And I'm like, I kind of like having nukes firing out of a bow. Let's, let's keep going. See what else this game has to offer me. Um, but. I don't think this Wii U version is going to offer me anything I haven't seen before. It's the idea that they remade it, get some people playing it, but I'm much more looking forward to this 2D one coming out on 3DS. 
Yeah, because that's at least yeah. a full new game. I mean, maybe it's kind of banking on like, hey man, it's been a decade since you played it. Do you want to try it again? And maybe, but I don't know. I'll wait for a bit. Plus, I, I still haven't played Pikmin, and I feel bad about that. Sort of. I don't feel that bad about it. You shouldn't but feel bad about it. it. Yeah, I mean, poor Shigeru Miyamoto. That's his name. I've been drinking, too. That's where I revealed that part on the podcast. White Russians. There you go. Yeah, I'll 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 definitely agree that the Wii U, despite you know, I I got a bit of a hate on for Nintendo, but the Wii U actually has a few things I want to play on it. And as much as I wish games like Wonderful 101 and Super Mario 3D World were coming out on Steam, um, that console is going to be the only way I'll get to play those in the uh, foreseeable future. So I kind of have to reluctantly save up for one. I don't think they'd feel the same on Steam, honestly. I still do believe that even though Nintendo makes stupid ass decisions that make me hate them sometimes, they have something there where it's like, this is a Nintendo title. Like, I have to buy this system and hook it up to my TV to be able to play this game because it's a Nintendo thing. And I'm okay with that still. That's still like the nostalgia part where it's like, oh, if you want to play the Zelda game, you got to get the Super Nintendo or whatever. So, like, I'm still okay with that idea and i don't know if i would be okay with the idea of oh this is like 3.99 on steam i'm gonna buy mario that's weird to me so if like nintendo went under well not went under but if they went the route of sega somehow and got out of the hardware business you'd feel odd seeing uh the latest 2d mario on xbla for sure i would feel super weird about it and i mean Let's get things straight here. I wouldn't buy it anyways because fuck Mario games for the most part. <laughs> but Blasphemy. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it would... I mean, it's hard for anybody to deny, especially if they've been gaming ever since they were a kid, that it would be weird to see, like, a Nintendo product like, like Legend of Zelda for four ninety nine on Steam Summer, or Steam Summer Sale. That would be so weird. But, I don't know. Weird, I mean... Um, I mean, it would probably be I on like Valve's console in like 20 years, right? Because they're going to be huge. It's crazy. Sure. They're going to be the, the Google box. of the gaming world. Yep. Actually, it'll gaming be the Google.com Valve box that plays uh-huh. Nintendo games. <laughs> the, the, they just merge. The Google Spine Tap. That's what they should call it. <laughs> and whatever, yeah, exactly. it wouldn't it wouldn't manifest that way. It'd just be like, Link is in Dota now. There you go. Boom. Yeah, man. Why not? Why not? I, sure. I, 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 I would be if Sonic Advance in my hands. I was like, no, dude, this don't feel right, man. This don't feel right. It don't feel like, right. Sonic needs to be Mario on Sega Sonic, system. The Olympic Games. That was a thing. Yeah. Uh, why? Why are Mario and, so- and Sonic still fucking around in the Olympics? Why isn't there a proper game with these two yet? I don't know. Those Smash Brothers doesn't count. I agree. Smash Brothers never counts because fuck those games too. That's actually that actually is a little more in jest because I kind of like one of them. I can't remember which though. So probably Melee. That's the GameCube one, right? That's the GameCube one. Yeah, I like that one. It was fun, and I don't know if it was actually fun. I just played a shitload of it. Yeah, me too. And yeah, Brawl. I don't know. It just didn't catch me at all. I was. Oh, I don't own Brawl. 
thing, so I never played as much of it. I bought it, then I traded it, so I don't know. Carlos, do you like the Smash Brothers series? I I I I like the concept of it quite a lot. I like Smash 64 and Melee. Okay. I wrote an entire article on why Brawl is a terrible thing for gaming, <laughs> and uh, you can see it on GamesBeat Unfiltered. Just a there you go. Shout out a bit. <laughs> Uh, because I don't like the idea that you could run and then the game rolls a d20 and if it lands on a one, oops, you tripped. Sorry. Fuck you, man. You tripped. Yeah, apparently that was just the director <laughs> being an asshole. Like, it was just like, yeah. this shouldn't have been competitive. I'm going to troll everyone and make it so it won't work well. And you're just like, That's kind why? of based in a way. But like, what kind of attitude is that? That's just weird. <laughs> and like, in the next one, it's just like, yeah, people watch the cutscenes on YouTube, so there's no cutscenes in it. And you're just like, what? What are yeah. you doing? That motherfucker. At yeah, it's just like, not say that. Uh, like, I wonder if that guy just like secretly hates Smash Brothers now. Like, it's just like, I can't make anything else. Like, I want to make this dope game, but Nintendo's just like, no, man, make another Smash Bros. So now I'm just gonna like troll the audience. I just I hate it so much. I. I said this on, on uh, my podcast yesterday, but this is rather Uwe Ball of me, but I kind of want to challenge uh, Sakurai to amateur box to crap <laughs> for that. <laughs> and then watch as he's like some real pro boxer and just kicks the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, he makes fighting games? Oh, what? you want oh. to challenge me? Yay! He's just pummeling me. Smash is not a fighting game. Okay, sorry. Don't hurt you me. don't like my game? Whoa! Oh, oh yes. <laughs> yes. Speaking of racism. <laughs> anyway, um, should I just talk about slavery? Can I just jump right in? <laughs> what slavery is always a topic we need to be talking about? By the way, yeah. that's the new segment. Who's your slave this week? <laughs> <laughs> Um, alright, uh, so, okay, 12 Years a Slave, that is the name of a movie that just came out, I guess, keep it in mind, it's probably gonna win some Oscars or something, it seems like that kind of movie. Great, uh, okay. Yeah. So I already so, don't care about it, fantastic. Fair enough, yeah. Um, yo, did you see that movie called Shame? It was the one with um, Michael Fassbender's no, dick. I don't think I did. Dangling around, <laughs> giant, I would have remembered seeing... <laughs> <laughs> Michael Fassbender's dick. So no, I had. I wish okay. I could have gotten an autograph from Michael Fassbender's dick, but I just couldn't go to the mall that day. <laughs> just like <laughs> bringing like a screenshot on an eight by ten, do it, and he's just flopping it around on it. Um. Anyway, so the director and also Michael Fassbender's in it. Uh, they made a movie that is an adaptation of like a hundred and sixty year old book about this dude who got kidnapped and was forced into slavery. Like mm-hmm. kind of just before the point where that was totally uncool everywhere, but just right. after the point where it was kind of like an un you know like a thing that didn't happen that much in the North. So he's hanging out in New York playing violin and stuff. Dudes kidnap him, take him down to Georgia or something, and he's working on plantations, and it sucks. Um, I guess it was a good movie, but in that way that, like, The Pianist is a good movie. Like, it's just like, this is a horrible thing that happened, and people were getting whipped, and it was really bad. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and actually, the music in the movie was not that much less subtle than that. <laughs> it was 
Like, <laughs> hey man, I'm Hans Zimmer. I want you to feel these emotions. So this is real sad. Here's some pianos. Like, here's some violin. Feel sad. Start crying now. Yeah. Like, I was. That was maybe the one point of the movie's like whole creative thing that I was like, this is a little not. I don't know. Like, I don't think I should be noticing the score as much as I am. Like, it's just like kind of nothing is happening in the scene, but the score is like, and you're just like, okay, dude's really bummed out. And the only reason I know that is because the music is like not letting me not think that. So, sure. Okay. But, you know, that aside, tons of great acting in it and stuff. Tons of bad stuff happens to this dude. So it's a pretty dramatic story. And I guess, as you were saying before the podcast, like that was maybe one of the things I was thinking about, whereas like, man, this guy's got a great dramatic story. I mean, I know a lot of bad stuff happened to him, but it kind of made me reflect on just like where my life is. And it's just like, man, I don't have like a villain. Like, it's not like Michael Fassbender's hanging around. whipping. I'll be your villain. I'll be your nemesis. (laughs) Yeah. I need to put that itch on my shoulder blade in context. It might not be worth slitting my wrist over. Right. After seeing this movie. What? Well, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, some people's shoulder blades get real itchy and they get rather suicidal about it. Maybe they should watch oh, this man. movie. I actually do hate that when there's an itch right underneath where you can reach and you're just like either pulling at your skin to try to get that itch or you're like pushing your arm further back than it should to get it and then you hurt yourself. Yep. Indeed. And it's especially bad if it happens while you're watching that movie. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Uh, While slitting your wrists. Yeah, I don't know, like, what to say about it. Like, it's like, man, you guys should go see it. It's like, it is kind of the feel-bad movie of the winter season, but it's really well made. So, I don't know. If you want to see a bunch of good actors be terrible people, check it out. Yeah. Could you tell me what the movie's about again, just really quick? Alright, so there's this dude. And he's living in New York, right? He's a successful violinist. He just goes out one day with, like, you know, for this business opportunity. And these two guys get him drunk, and then just, you know, he passes out in the alley or whatever. They sell him into slavery. He gets taken down south. Oh. Alright. Um, Benedict Cumberpatch is like, all right, this guy's pretty cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy him. He's kind of, you know, he owns him for a bit. He's kind of nice to him, but at the same time, he's not really helping him out, despite really knowing he's, you know, more educated than he's letting on. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> and uh, how many Klingons does Mister Cumberbatch kill in this movie? How many what? How many Klingons does he kill in this movie? Uh, he has a gun at one point, but I don't think he actually kills anybody at all. So, Aww. well, I'm not going to go see it then. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Fastbender's the real kind of antagonistic force in it. He owns him for a lot longer and is a lot more awful. Like, kind of the weird contentious relationship between him and his wife is kind of great. Because, uh, I mean, man, this movie throws dark. So I don't know how to really say, like, yo, um... So rape, <laughs> that's kind of a <laughs> subtopic in the movie. Sure. Um, you know, s- slave ownership and stuff, it would often get really abusive in that regard. So his wife kind of knows something's up. And there's just like tons of scenes of just like him, tr- like her trying to tell him what to do. Like you, like I know. And he's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I'm drunk and whatever. <laughs> like he's just total asshole. 
So yeah, Fassbender is unique. I don't know, a pretty great villain in this movie. And the main guy, I I I need to check how to. He's been in some stuff. Like he was in Children of Men. The um, black guy. The black, yeah. Yeah, the one with the really hard name to pronounce. Chuyatel or something? Yeah, yeah. No, everybody knows who you're talking about. Nobody knows his name, though. Yeah, I I feel bad, kind of. Like, dude is really, like, a good anchor to the whole movie. There's some, like, you know, some really well-rendered sequences of bad stuff happening. But, yeah, like, it is that kind of oppressive, dark movie about some a bad chapter in history. So, I guess... The movie that kind of kept coming to mind, though, while I was watching it, like, Django Unchained is kind of the goofy antithesis to this movie, because it kind of takes all this dark subject matter and then kind of just does away with all the seriousness at the end and goes crazy. And this is just like, no, it was fucking bad. And bad stuff happened. And then, yeah. And you're just like, oh, okay. Like, there's kind of not much hope at the end of this movie. And that's more authentic, but it's also a lot less fun to watch, but it's supposed to be cause art, but I don't know. Yeah, But why would you go watch a movie? That's not fun to watch. That seems like a waste of time to learn lessons about slavery. Fuck that. Fuck learning lessons. You want to learn a lesson? Open a fucking history book or read. Yeah. Read the memoir in which it's based off of, I guess. Um, I don't know. Like for you too. And Frank, I'm watching. I guess, In a way, I feel this movie might be kind of like maybe more important to the United States, like that kind of culture, like a little history lesson that you might not want to know, but it's good to know, maybe. But like being a little more distance from it, it was kind of like this is a you know well rendered story, but I don't know, like it's not especially relevant to any of our history, really, right? Like, not exactly. uh, I I don't know about our history because history sucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's, there's... I, I I know oh. up here we have kind of heard about uh, experiments on native peoples in the residential school kind of tragedy that happened here in Canada. So Actually, maybe we yeah. could have a Canadian uh, a made in Canada equivalent where we're trying to turn native peoples into Wolfenstein mutants. I'm just saying that could happen. That'd be so good. Uh, some yeah, some sort of self-examination about the way we treated uh, First Nations folk might be a thing that could happen sometime. Like that'll be our equivalent of like, man, we're racist too, yay! But I don't yay. know. <laughs> there you go. We're all humans. Everyone's kind of been terrible at some point. That quickly but, leads me to like one of the things I love about when we do our short and sweet podcast notes. Is that instead of putting what movie, like I said this before, but we weren't recording. Instead of putting what movie you actually watched, you just put slavery was bad, question mark? <laughs> well, I think that's because, like, in the same way, like, I felt Requiem for a Dream was just kind of like, okay, like, I fucking get it. Like, it's just like... like drugs are bad, okay? Drugs are bad. You shouldn't be addicted to stuff. It's just like, sure. <laughs> all right. Like, this movie, in a way, you could reduce it to just, like, Yo, man, in case you didn't know, slavery was real. Like, people were treated really bad. You're just like, okay. No, like, really bad. All right. Like, I I mean, if you want to watch it for two hours and 20 minutes, you can, like, know how bad it got. There was, like, whips. And, like, people got hung just for being a different color than someone else. That's fucked up, dude. That's pretty crazy. But I don't know. Like, if you need, like, the lessons illustrated to you 
visually, this is a way to do it. But again, it's just kind of like, I don't know, isn't culture aware of that by now? I, I'm not sure. It's just like, it seems kind Probably of like, not. okay, maybe I'm... I, I, and, and personally, I blame Pokemon, because yeah, it is sure. encouraging slavery all the time, and <laughs> movies like this just can't get the message across that it's a and bad thing. And dogfighting and racism. And dogfighting and racism. The dogfighting yeah. angle on it, I'd never really considered until recently, and it's like, yeah, this is a really weird game series. Like, it's just like, let's go catch some animals, then make them fight. And then, and then like, let's oh, market this to children. Speaking of marketing things to children, did you know there's like an extensive line of Call of Duty action figures? That's amazing. But why would you buy that? Because it's just like dude in uniform. I think it's yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. How would you even know? <laughs> How would you it's G.I. Joe, like, right? I mean, it's literally G.I. Joe. I was going to say, it's like this generation's G.I. Joe, perhaps. Because it's just like, hey man, it's Sergeant Price. And you're just like, what? The mustache guy. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, there's like play sets and stuff. Like, yo, you got this like helicopter death vehicles. Price is the only one that you would know, though. Because that's literally why. Oh, I guess does stuff. Soap Soap McTavish, because that's a weird name. Why would you name someone that? His name's Soap. That is. Yeah. That is so weird to have those action figures. Like, I got a bunch of Gears of War action figures, but in my defense, Gears of War is awesome. And you can look at those outfits and go, these are not normal human soldiers. Especially not this one zombie faced motherfucker. Well, I mean, it would be the same as, like, if there were StarCraft figurines and you got, like, Space Marines and then you got, like, the Zerg or something. I mean, it's still fantasy enough where it's just, like, this is an action figure of something that isn't human, but, like, an action figure of Call of Duty is, like, this is this dude that once existed, and now he's a video game character and an action figure. Boom. Now, now I'm kind of wanting someone's grandfather to find, like, their, their Protoss action figure and go on a ramble, a racist ramble, about how he fought the Protoss back in Nam, and just use racist <laughs> slurs about it all the time. Like, go, go real Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino about those those shitty, you know... Protoss and their weird slanty googly eyes or whatever. Just be really racist. What the hell would you call them? Like fucking Psy something? Because they use Psy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like teleporters. Like, like Joltics or something? I don't know. <laughs> Are they a different color? Because then you could just call them the blue. I think they're like purple, blue-ish. They're something like that. Yeah. No. No, no word you could use. You could call them Skypes, because Skype always sounded like a racial slur to me. It's like those <laughs> dirty Skypes and their silences. Fucking dirty Skypes all over my lawn. What do you call a dead Skype in a ditch? A start. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, I don't know. Podcast if brought to you by Skype. <laughs> Download yeah. Skype now at <laughs> Skype.com. Yeah. Except not for long, because they're about to fuck it up, so it's a lot of Microsoft. Oh, Raise man. Yep. Okay. Um, there was also if I stuff. keep laughing like that, I'm going to fucking puke, I swear to God. <laughs> Yo, dude, dude, Assassin's Creed action figures, too. So, at that point, it kind of made me think, like, these are both M-rated franchises. No, 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 see, Assassin's Creed you can still kind of get away with, because there is an iconic look. That's an, yeah. like just kind of put it there. Like well, I mean, we're talking Call of Duty, we're talking about a dude in fucking military gear. Like really, yeah. Like it's just a toy soldier, but now it has a brand on it. So there you go. Sure. But 
I guess the the thing I was saying is like both of those are M-rated games, but these are like ten year old toys, so that's kind of weird. But then I was thinking back to my childhood. I remember seeing like Terminator Two action figure commercials, so it's kind of always been like this. But like, like even then, not when you saw the Terminator Two action figures, you wanted Terminator. You didn't want like random person in the movie. You know what I mean? Like you didn't want the person action figure. You want no, a I... robot with the glowy eyes. No, I get your point of like there's no distinguishable personality to Call of Duty for it to like actually warrant action figures. But yeah, I guess I guess I'm just kind of we're making kind of different points, I guess. But that um, dog, man, that dog can get an action figure. There you go. Call of Duty yeah. it's in stores now. It is pretty much in stores. Like it's really soon, right? But uh, I don't know. Like, does the world care this time? It seems like some people are like, "Oh man, no, they're advertising a bunch. Like it's going to go huge again." And you're just like, "Really? Really?" There's apparently a there's apparently a huge Call of Duty fan base pocket in Japan somewhere, which surprises the hell out of me personally. But that's amazing because I just picture like this underground market where it's just like. Oh, dude, you got the call of, new Call of Duty or whatever. It's like, yeah, it's right here. And then they go home and they play it only with each other. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing to me. That's so good because that's like what people like, do here with Atlas games. Game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like their weird importer publisher is bringing over Activision titles. Yeah, they're bringing like, over the Call of Duty and the Gears of War. Yeah, it's like you got that Gears of War. It's like. I don't know. We only got like six copies, so it's gonna cost you like seventy dollars. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I got fifty. Can you do fifty? No, seventy right now. Yeah. Well, uh, well, okay. I guess here. Yeah, here's sixty. No, <laughs> seventy. <laughs> just like I don't know well, where I'm going with this, but dude, it would be like seven thousand or something, right? How does the exchange rate work? Yeah, so like their, their money is worth absolutely nothing, is what Nathan is saying. And no, I'm saying seventy. If you live in that economy, you probably should commit seppuku right now. That's not what I said. That's what you said. You're just like so, like that's like a thousand million dollars, right? Because their economy. Am I right? I know what no. you're saying. I think you multiply by a whole bunch. By a whole bunch. Too much Hold math on. going on in this podcast, right? So much. Yeah. Math. I don't want to multiply to math. figure out costs. Welcome to Mathletes <laughs> podcast. <laughs> this isn't PBS. This isn't. Oh crap! This isn't going to be a universal yeah. channel. It's channel thirteen here. But this is the Economathletes podcast. Welcome. We're talking about <laughs> exchange rates right now. Yes. Years of war. <laughs> okay. Anyways, let's let's move on. For some reason, a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, okay. Um, right. <laughs> so Halloween happens, and it did. yeah, did did you guys do anything? Did you go do anything? For I that, and then I came home. It was pretty good. Okay. I I, I put on my Metroid hat, um, and I handed out candy to people who had no fucking clue what a Metroid was. Oh, I, I have to ask you, because you're in a city that is different than ours, what was your, um... Turnout? Was, what was your turnout for kids? Because, like, everybody I talk to here are saying, like, uh, I don't know, maybe, like, four? Yeah, more than I expected. Okay, like, but, like, 50? 28? Uh, I'm pretty sure we got, like, 
we brought a we because we, uh, I I live in a house with other people, right? And we we bought like three hundred, four hundred candies, and okay. we we ran out by the time the night ended. But That's we were being wow. fairly generous. We gave people like three candies each, so we got a fair amount of people actually more than I th- really windy. It didn't snow though, so people probably wanted to take advantage of the fact that they got that rare snowless Halloween. Oh wow! That that's like a, people are saying like five. The most I heard yeah. was eight. Hmm. Wow! Yeah, no, we got it, seven people and bought like probably a hundred candies or something, and we have like eighty-eight left or something, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know, or something it's like have I, leftover candies. Just get I guess, but stuff. at the same time, it was just like, what happened? Like, I don't know. When I was a kid, there was way more action out there. Like, we would just like look outside. And it's like, are you sure? Like, it's just like, no, the streets are dead. Like, no one's out yeah. there. When so, I was a kid, Halloween I guess, was the equivalent of being out at a party all night drinking with friends when you're illegal. Like, Halloween yeah. was the night you went out all night, and you ate candy, and you scared the littler kids, and maybe, like, got in a fight somewhere because of random shit going on. Like, you never yeah. knew. Halloween was well, the night. <laughs> yeah, man. It, no, but Halloween was cool, and I guess now it's, like, go to the mall at, like, noon and that's where you get candy. That's so weird. You go home and go to sleep at like seven or something. Like I don't know. Like, yeah, like paranoid parents maybe. Like everyone's just kind of like scared that something weird's gonna happen. Like I don't like the whole razor blade in the candy. That's just a lie. That, that crazy was never thing. true ever. Yeah, that is probably never happened. Except yeah, in- that whole stranger the stranger danger thing we. Scared all of our kids with when, buddy, it's family and friends you got to worry about. They're the ones who are going to put the razor blade in your scrambled eggs or something. It's I wouldn't true, put it actually. in candy. The, the one case they were talking about that, like, a kid died or whatever from eating tainted candy was from, like, that kid's uncle or something. Mm-hmm. It was family that did it. I don't yeah, know. like, uh, random serial candy killers are something of a rarity, thankfully. Yeah. Although I'm sure they're out there watching me. Yeah, and listening to this podcast, so way to go, guys. Oh, god damn it. I <laughs> knew there was a reason I shouldn't have come on here. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so okay, I guess that was supposed to lead into what I ended up doing. Um, so I guess after kids stopped showing up at like 8 or whatever, we uh, decided to head out to the movies to go check out that Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yep. Which, as a longtime movie fan, like, that is definitely a thing I'd heard about since I was, like, a, like probably a teenager. Like, it's just, like, so there's this movie that's, like, this cult classic. Like, just people go out, they throw stuff. It's, like, this weird following that just kind of happened, and they basically turned this weird movie into a giant box office success. And it was just like, okay, cool, I'll check that out sometime. And then didn't for, like, a decade and change. Um, I finally did... And I don't know, like, it was a really weird experience. Have any of you guys, like, have you guys gone and done this? Like, gone and seen the wacky theater experience of watching this movie? Or No, I didn't do the wacky theater experience, but I have seen it. Okay. I, I, I have to confess, I have not yet seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's fine. I mean, I was I was right there up until, like, a week ago, I guess. But um, How would you I, say it compares to an episode of, say, Goosebumps? Uh, oh, man, <laughs> completely different. It's a musical, first of all. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, transsexuals. It's you know, 
gender politics in the 1970s. So pretty similar, really, I guess is what it's getting. Yeah, it's kind of like... There were a fair amount of transsexuals and goosebumps, gotta admit. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess the main thing for me was, like, trying to just enjoy it as a movie while also experiencing kind of this fan fiction type thing going on in the theater. Like, Mm. so the stuff I was expecting was at the wedding scene, people throw rice. At the scene where he gives a toast, people throw toast. Like, just dumb shit like that that kind of just makes the theater experience kind of weird and wacky and kind of funny. Like, it's raining, so everyone's shooting water guns up in the air. So it's like you're in a weird theater that has this gimmick where it's like you're in the rainstorm like the ra- it's raining on you it's like okay that's kind of neat um but the stuff i didn't know was part of it was like there's basically a canonized like series of jokes that the audience is to yell at the screen while the movie is playing and i don't know how these jokes got like derived but apparently it just kind of happened over the course of this movie being out for 38 years i guess now Mm -hmm. like but i guess it was kind of just established pretty early on like come 1977 or whatever when this was like a midnight movie and really popular uh this was already established some of the jokes the audience is to yell at the screen i just don't like like they're just kind of shitty they're just like that was not funny like why is that not only like a joke i'm hearing but like this is a sacred thing to like these fans or whatever. Like this is a thing you have to say, you have to say this shitty joke at this point in the movie. So it was kind of hard to like, just enjoy this movie. That was actually kind of okay. Like I was actually enjoying the movie as a movie, but then having this like weird kind of ironic thing going on while I was seeing it for the first time was like a really weird, like battle in my mind is like, do people like this movie or do people like being cynical fans of cheesiness or something like I, it was a really weird like head trip for me to kind of like process what i was experiencing because it's like you're trying to just watch a movie and it's like kind of a you know progressive movie for its time and like there's some funny jokes in it it's kind of like a mel brooks movie like was kind of the tone like yeah. just kind of like a lot of fourth wall breaking and just kind of general silliness and that's cool like i, I like some of those so i was kind of feeling all that and like pretty you know, animated camera work and editing for the time. But yeah, like, I don't know, trying to enjoy something at face value while also having a group of people just kind of yelling at it was really, really weird for me. So I left kind of just in this frustrated state of like, I think I like that movie, but I think I hate the fan thing. I don't Fandoms know. are the worst. They are the, the worst. worst. I fucking hate fans. Like, it's like, are you, like, for me, I guess the revelation was like, I think these people are fans of being fans, not so much fans of this movie. Sure. Like, they don't, they don't even necessarily like this movie anymore. They just kind of like being in this culture that lets you yell at stuff and be ironic or something. Like, it's campy, but it's kind of like mutated into this weird thing. And I, I don't know, it kind of made a lot of cultural and like fandoms make sense. Because it's, like, the most extreme example I've seen of that. Of, like, this is a uniform... Like, again, like, it was almost like being... Like, this is maybe a bit too specific and a bit weird. But it was, like, almost recalling memories of, like, being in a church service. Which, like, with a totally different, like, uh, denomination. 
And it's just like, what the hell is going on? Like when everyone's like reading stuff and like saying things out loud in like uniform way. It was kind of like, or like when the the preacher at the front says something and everybody chants this weird thing back at him at the same yeah. time, and you're sitting there being one, like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah, like in this case, the preacher is the movie, and sure. the crowd is to respond in a certain way, and it was well, we described it. I was asking you if it's like kind of the room. I mean, sure, mm-hmm. better, better movie, but the reason yeah. people go see that movie in theaters is so they can like do certain things back at it oh really like it's not like, just like everyone they goes the lines the- back or something and blah 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 no like there's a fandom behind it where they enjoy the campiness but they hate the movie well yeah okay i definitely think that because first time i watched that movie i loved how shitty it was trying to watch it a second time it the joke wears thin real quick. Where you're just like, what am I doing right now? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, 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 and sometimes an audience can enhance that experience, right? Like the first time I watched Freddy versus Jason was in a theater in Vancouver where the whole audience realized they were watching a comedy, just a campy, campy comedy. So everybody was laughing. Everybody was having a good time. Occasionally someone would yell something out, and it would be all in good fun. I watched that movie a second time back here in uh, in Edmonton, and me and my buddy were laughing for laughing at the cheesy deaths because they were getting horrified by it. Mm. So the audience can make or break the movie sometimes. Yeah, like I, I've had good audience experiences like when i saw uh grindhouse that was just kind of a rowdy crowd but that kind of so fit the tone of that movie and what it was going for so i was like movies in general are there to just basically make people go yeah or or do yeah and i guess my problem with this is that like initially like if i saw this in 1975 or 1976 or something and it was like the first time the crowd was kind of doing this that would have probably been really fun. But now that it's like rehearsed craziness is just weird. Like it's like, I, I don't want to kind of step on too many toes. Cause I know a lot of people really, really like uh, mystery science theater 3000, but they rehearse their jokes. Like they script those out. They watch that movie like 50 times and then sure. well, like three, four times. Right. And then they kind of like have a script they're doing. And like, like what let's players do. Well, sometimes, yeah, like they've played this game many times. so They know things to joke about. Like for me, that kind of like if you can tell just in the tone or like the way it's said, the delivery that it's not like, you know, improvised, that it's not organic. It kind of ruins it for me. Like, it's just not funny. Like, it's just like, okay, they plan for that. Like, okay, like it just kind of rolls right off. It doesn't work. So like there's jokes in the like Rocky Horror Picture Experience where it's like, you know, they're yelling back things that are funny, I guess, if you are of the same mindset as the person yelling them. I will also say, like, the crowd was doing all, like, the throwing stuff and whatever, but there was, like, maybe a handful of people in the crowd that knew the jokes to yell. So it almost seemed like, you know, you were at a comedy club and someone was heckling the comedian. Like, it was just like someone was yelling and they were supposed to. Like, you kind of get that. But in any normal movie circumstance, you can be like, Jesus, shut up. What yeah. are you doing? So it was kind of like maybe not the best example of this, like where it's like if the whole crowd is on it, like there's a few things. Like I guess whenever Janet or Brad is said, you're supposed to yell asshole and slut. 
because that's what you do. Because I don't know. Like, sure. Janet's slut and Brad's an asshole because that has been established. That is the law of Rocky Horror. Um, so the whole crowd would do that, like 50, 60 people or whatever, like in that theater were yelling that. But yeah, again, like the kind of more elaborate stuff, it was like one or two people. And that kind of made it a little strange. But generally speaking, so I'm going to have nightmares of that tonight. <laughs> of 50, 60 people yelling slut? Yeah. It's kind of weird. I'm going <laughs> to get up the screen and be like, ah, so irritating. I guess just tangentially, like, this is the youngest Susan Sarandon I've seen. She's she's all right. Like, I would never felt that way about her before because I'd seen her in, like, you know, Dead Man Walking. So it's like she's a nun trying to save this guy. And you're just like, okay. But <laughs> this was like, oh, she's a sexual object in this movie. And looks pretty good. I don't know. Good job. There's some good stuff. Sexy movie. Saucy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess getting into the plot of the movie and stuff doesn't really matter, but Tim Curry's great. There's a great entrance in that movie and stuff. Funny jokes. But okay, I guess we're going to take a break. Um, Or Paul is gone. Is that what happened? Uh, yeah, he, he had to uh, quickly go relieve himself, told us to keep rolling, and probably didn't want us to say that. Okay. Yeah. I am sorry for doing that. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that sounds like the kind of movie that I think I will watch away from others under a blanket on my 3DS. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily sound like the best way to watch anything, but okay. Fair enough. And then I'll yell asshole and slut randomly at various <laughs> scenes. And maybe I'll understand the movie a little better. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I, I do kind of wish I'd seen it just on its own first, and then I can go and see kind of this weird, like, uh, gimmicky way of seeing it with people throwing stuff and all that. Like, And I guess if I ever do this again, I want to be throwing stuff. This this time I wasn't because I didn't know the cues and I didn't want to kind of stand out. I guess that's kind of, like, part of the anxiety I was feeling. Like, apparently, if you go and see it and this is your first time ever seeing it, you are supposed to wear white and be identified as a virgin to the crowd. And then I don't know what the hell they do to you. Like, it's like, is there some sort of hazing process? Like, do I have to go up on stage or something? Like, this is weird. I just want to see yeah. it. Does that hazing involve my anus in any way? Because if so, I want no part of it. Or I do. I'm not sure yet. Yeah, it it was kind of a weird kind of stressful. Like, some of the stress of live theater was happening for me, where it's just like... The, you know, I'm here and like there's actors on stage, like, but in this case, it's the whole crowd and a couple like there was like a presenter guy who would occasionally go up on stage and kind of perform a gimmick with the movie, which I, I kind of like those like there's a point in the movie where lightning strikes and the guy was up on stage just kind of fucking around and then he gets struck by lightning is kind of the gag. And I was like, OK, that was that was kind of funny. And then there's a point where like the camera spins and he was standing at the corner of the screen spinning the screen was kind of the gag. So, huh. I don't know. It was, like, kind of a neat, unique thing. I've, I've never seen a movie with this much audience interaction with it. And because of all the fourth wall-breaking stuff, it kind of invites it. So I was I was okay with some aspects of the experience. But, yeah, I, I really... I just wish it was, like, actual people actually yelling because they're having a good time instead of, like, no, you're supposed to yell. These are the things you're supposed like to yell. Like the audience is reading from a script... Or something. Yeah, like, it, like in that kind of religious context again, like we might as well have had a printed bulletin. And apparently some screenings of this do that, where there's like printed bulletin 
you say this when this happens. And you're just like, that's kind of weird. Like, I think just generally, anytime a group large enough is saying the exact same thing, it's fucking creepy. Like, it just is. That's it just it is it is slightly cult-y. Yeah. Just slightly. And I mean, that, yeah, that fairly describes kind of the following behind this movie. And again, maybe because it's, again, distance from its original beginnings, like it is like this is an inherited thing now. It's not the original fan base anymore. It is like two generations past that. So it feels a little more kind of practiced and less passionate than I was hoping for, maybe. Sure. But again. Your experience may vary. Like your your hometown might have some like old school Rocky Horror fans, and it might be totally awesome. Mine was like the nine thirty crowd on Halloween, so not necessarily the right people. I hear New York has a good crowd for that specifically. That, that might totally be true. Overall, though, like I mean, again, I I like the movie itself, and I like Tim Curry generally, and like there was things I got out of that experience that I enjoyed, but weird night I don't, I don't is it know. weird that every time i think of tim curry i think of home alone 2 <laughs> no that's, i was thinking of, i'm not uh, even joking that's seriously my go-to when it's just like tim curry oh yeah hotel guy yeah home he alone. Was the hotel guy he gives him gum instead. Home- oh no that was rob schneider that was rob schneider was the bellhop tim the curry bellhop. was the guy at the cinematic counter. classics yeah yeah no, that was a weirdly like. Thing. I guess it should be one probably Pennywise yeah. dancing clown, but it's not Home Alone. Pennywise going around too, but okay. Uh, I don't know. That those are kind of like the weird standout things from this week for me. So, Hunger Games. I watched the Hunger Games or Battle Royale version two PG thirteen love story for thirteen year old girls. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So you hated it. No, it was okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it actually yeah. wasn't too bad, honestly. It, 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 it had a Go ahead. Had a lot of shaky cam. Damn that shaky cam. I was talking to you about it before the show, but they didn't need to shake the camera when she was just talking to her not boyfriend. Sure. Yeah. I was going to say something really really dirty, but I'm going to pass it. Anyways, um CG dogs. They looked shitty. Yeah, they looked really fucking stupid, and the whole premise is kind of fucking stupid, but it kind of is okay at the same time. Like, the actual premise of the Hunger Games or whatever, it's like, it's been done before, Battle Royale, blah, 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 but at the same time, Districts and this future thing is just fucking stupid, and it's just stupid. But otherwise, sorry, go ahead. I mean, it's like a super derivative thing. Like, it's like, hey man, Orwell, Stephen King's Running Man. You know, like, there's points of reference that seem to really impact. Sure, of all things that are much, much greater and more well-written. However, there is still mm. something to this movie where it was still enjoyable to watch, even though I knew that she would kind of, quote-unquote, win at the end. And this isn't because I read the books. I'm not going to read the books, so stop fucking saying that. Because, like, I mean, we've had this discussion before where it's like, oh, well, you should read the book. It's like, oh, well, you should go fuck yourself because this should stand alone in its own medium. If it doesn't, it's a fucking failure. However, it's okay. Like, all in all, it's okay. Two and a half hours at work. I got paid basically for sitting on my ass and watching this movie. It's totally okay. If I went to a theater to watch it, I might have shot myself. Like, I might be dead right now if that happened. (laughs) 
I, so hyperbolic, but okay. It was that bad. That, uh, it, it, it kind of avoids the whole trap of the, of, of the, of Katniss and her second not boyfriend who she really doesn't want to be the girlfriend of not falling in love in a cliche way, but they have to put up that appearance. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the movie, don't listen to anything I just said. Um, it, like it kind of avoids that trap like there's there's no romantic subplot because the romance is all faked because she has to do this in order to bring down the regime and i kind of like sure no than that I with a little bit like, less of I, I i seem to recall like liam's hem liam hemsworth's character barely registering as a factor though like i just didn't care about the actual relationship that was supposed to happen so i was just like yeah, whatever. Just Josh Hutcherson, why not? And it's just like, no, nah, that's the, it's all for show. You're just like, I don't really care either way. Like this love triangle kind of doesn't matter to me yeah. personally. So yeah. I don't know that that aspect of the movie, I guess, is one of the big hooks into the kind of the tween audience or whatever. That that was kind of easily the least interesting thing going on. Also, that dude's name is Pita, and I thought that was really stupid because I, I just thought everyone that. was saying Peter really badly the whole movie. And then it was like, no, dude, it's, it's a different name. It's like, oh, okay. Nobody should ever be named Peta. Yeah, they're, they're like future names. I don't, I don't know how. They're, future names. They're a terrorist organization and a delicious snack. <laughs> Indeed. So, anyways, I don't know. Hunger Games is totally okay. I am happy to watch a movie anytime that shows a female protagonist who isn't caring necessarily about. A romantic relationship and is just kind of doing some badass shit. Yeah, she's shit. got a bow and she can shoot it, and it's okay. Like she's good. Like yeah, the, she's actually that really she confident. like she throws herself in there to save her sister. So like no guy is involved at all, and even in there, the guy's a total like piece of shit douche that you don't want to win. You want him to die because she's good. <laughs> like he is just mm-hmm. a useless piece of shit, and she is like I could shoot a bow and I'm pretty fucking awesome, right? And you're like yes. Yeah. You are so awesome. Oh, Where's like, Fuck. isn't he like, dude, I cut my leg. I'm going to disguise myself as a rock. Yeah. And then I'm just going to sit here and die. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, dude is the worst part of that film. But yo, he gave her some bread. Also, I'm going to say yo a lot. That's like my go to <laughs> phrase this time. And that means Stanley Tucci's in it. He's pretty great. And uh, yep. Elizabeth Banks is really weird looking. So there you go. I just described to you everything that's good about the Hunger Games. Here's the problem, though, with like that franchise. I've heard every subsequent book is not good. Like it gets worse and worse. So why do I want to see the sequel? Like, well, I don't care that much about like, oh, man, are the districts going to like, are they going to destroy the whole system? It's like, yeah, of course they are. Like, I know that (laughs) I don't even need to see the movie or read the book. By the end of that third one, they are going to win. So I, uh, I, I don't old know. girls don't me. like to lose. I guess if yeah. I want to go see Donald Sutherland and Philip Seymour Hoffman like plotting, like that might. Dude, I want to see that. Okay, well, <laughs> I, dude, November twenty second, get hype. 
the, uh, yeah. the, this could be one of those scenarios where they could just improve on the source material. Like I 100% agree that a film is a film and it can draw from source material, but it doesn't have to be a carbon copy. And in that same vein, it can differ entirely. And it would be kind of exciting if this series went in a different direction that the books didn't take. I kind of wanted Harry Potter to do that because Voldemort, the worst villain ever wasn't interesting whatsoever. And I kind of wanted that entire movie franchise to have some kind of weird real world organization hunting the mages. <laughs> like the Templars. Yes, yeah. Sort of, but, but with guns. <laughs> like there's just this wizard starting to conjure a spell or something. And it's just like, blap, you're dead. Cause I yeah. shot. Breathe. <laughs> Harry Potter and the AK 47. <laughs> <laughs> like spellioso this flat 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 so good <laughs> um i guess yeah. in relation to those i did watch all the hey, movies the that i stalled so... out on the books oh, okay sorry go ahead no i was just saying i didn't read the later hunger games books so i kind of have nothing to lose here but sure. i'm just saying maybe it could improve if the books are indeed mediocre I hope so. Like, I hope those screenwriters figured it out, but I'm less than keen. Despite, yeah, I kind of like the, the movie when I saw it, but it's not like I'm jonesing for Catching Fire. Like, it's, I'm kind of indifferent about it. Sure. How about that Jennifer Lawrence, though? Harry Potter and the AK-47? <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's... Okay, I'm done. You gotta make a shop of something pertaining to that. Sure. Um, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh man. Yeah. I would eat anything out of any of her holes. Good God. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's not true at all. No, she did well. She did a good job, actually. I will give her that. Um, the I didn't know anything about Katniss, and -hmm. I still kind of don't because I haven't read the books. But uh, she made her seem like a character I would enjoy like in literature or whatever, where she seems actually strong, and that's a lot. That's saying a lot because I play video games, and yo, women aren't strong in video games. They are sex objects even, through and through. Oh, man, even when they try, like, I keep stalling out on Tomb Raider, because it's just, I just don't want to play it. Like, it's just, it's not that interesting mechanically. Like, I just don't like it. But, yeah, like, it's trying to do the, you know, she figures it out and becomes a strong, tough person or whatever, but she's, like, whining all the time. It's like whiny Nathan Drake. So yeah, which women are prone to do in video games because they're yeah, very they, poorly. They've, they've kind of screwed up already and I'm only like an hour or two in and I just I have very little will to continue. Sure. I mean, I have been playing Alice as well. Like I just started the Madness Returns. Why? And that I kind of like. Okay. I guess it's, it's the environments and the weird shit though, right? It's not actually well, like anything else. It's it's kind of just something about the idea of like it's a platformer for adults is kind of doing something for me because it's just like no one does that. It's like what if Mario was really weird and like dark and fucked up and it's like I don't know like that's at least sort of different. So I'm like jumping and double jumping around and then I am like cutting up cute looking stuff and it's kind of weird. So it doesn't play like Rayman Origins is what you're saying. It kind of does. Oh, okay. 
Well, I mean, like, Rayman you know, Origins plays very well. I just don't well, care like about Rayman it. Rayman Origins. I mean, like, Rayman, like, you know, you have, like, the kind of hover float down thing. She has yeah. that. So, also, it plays like Princess Peach in, or Princess Toadstool, I'll say, in Super Mario Brothers 2. Mm, you're kind of like, like, it's more like a gliding down. Like, you're descending as you're floating. So, oh, so you're not just, like, hovering then. Yeah, it is a lot like Rayman's like spinning propeller head thing. It is a lot like that in terms of okay. the way it functions. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're right. Like a lot of it is just the wacky art style or whatever, but that's still kind of novel. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing too many things like that. I mean, on it, on in, in a lot of ways, it is kind of like God of War esque or something. But that the core of the story seems to be sh- something really, really bad happened to Alice, and I don't know what it is yet. But that has kind of forced her to activate all these defense mechanisms and escape into Wonderland in her mind. It was but probably incest. It's I'm I'm assuming it's something along those always lines. Always like, incest. It's yeah. always incest or rape. I y- y- yeah, like I sucker am, punch, am, right? Sucker punch. Wasn't oh, the that? Movie. Yeah, the oh, movie wasn't like, that like it basically? Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it'll probably go along those lines. Like. There, there's kind of fragments of memories that you're recovering over the course of it. It's kind of like a darker Psychonauts is kind of okay. the thing I'm getting out of it, and that's working for me so far. I've only played a little bit of it, but I, that, I think that's going to be my next game of like I want to, I want to, I'll, I'll see this through. I kind of want to see this. This is, this is interesting in a way. It's not great. Like the combat is pretty standard third-person action stuff. Like it is kind of god of war-esque in a way in that in that respect too but but i guess okay one of the things that i don't know why it's kind of making it work for me she's just using a knife like she's just fucking stuff up with just a butcher knife and something about that is just like yeah man yeah that's that yeah that's you're cool. a sick human being turn on yeah. yeah rock hard that's how i describe it rock hard yeah. is how you would describe it <laughs> yeah. i'm yeah. rock hard right now playing alice the whole game. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, and I sincerely hope Brittany does not listen to this because you no, will die. It's her game. I'm playing on her library. You game will family. be stabbed so hard, <laughs> is how I would describe it. No, creepy, spooky birth girls. That's, no, I don't know. Um, it, that's all in jest. That's it got really weird, weird, didn't it? Yeah, it got this, a little weird. This got, this got weird. We brought it home too hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm so hard taking it. <laughs> it I want everybody really now. What, what it might say anybody tweets? Yeah, whenever whenever anybody tweets Krasner hashtag Rock Hard or So Hard, it has yeah. to happen. Like if you had to describe this game in two words, like there you go. But um, <laughs> no, it's it's kind of novel to me. I've never played an American McGee game or whatever. I'm not sure. Scrapland, that's another one. Bad Day LA. Yeah. Never that played was, either of those. Yeah, I, I guess you know I might need to temper that a bit. I don't think he actually was the creative director on this. He just has his name on it, like he like produced it or something. Sure, but um, yeah, is I, that guy's name actually American McGee? Yeah, where did name. he get such a cool ass <laughs> name? I don't know. I think he lives in like Shanghai though, so he's he's left America. Yeah, so what his middle name is. I don't know. I, and, and I honestly hope it's like Smith or something. 
Yeah, something totally normal. The problem when you have McGee as a last name is that people can just say anything and Mm -hmm. it works, where it's like, oh, she's Tits McGee, or (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, McGee just works for everything. It really does. adjective before it. He's on forehead, McGee. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like a joke, but that's apparently his name. Uh, family sharing. Uh, sorry for kicking you again, Paul. That keeps happening. I've been playing Spelunky on your account. Yeah? I don't know why. I think it's just because it's there and available, and I don't have to turn on that shitty Xbox that's just sitting there collecting dust. Oh, like you have it on there, too? Well, I have Spelunky. You and I have played it on my Xbox before. Right, yeah, no, that's right. I have a, I have the XBLA version, too, and yeah, I'm just like, well, I have this hooked up right now because I was playing Child of Eden, but I want to play the good one. I, I don't know. It has is daily you paid for it, and I'm just yep. playing it. So, like, it's yep. there. So, it's a good game to just kind of throw on and listen to a podcast or, like, stream with other people. Like, you can play music on my Twitch? Can, yeah, it is a great podcast game. Like, I'm listening to hours and hours of stuff just playing Spelunky, and I'm pretty happy about it. Like, I've that game's how far infuriating. Yeah. In many I, regards. Oh my god. Like, the worst... Okay, what are your experiences with Tunnel Man so far? Like, his kind of dumb demands. Uh, yeah. I mean, just the regular stuff I had experienced with the Xbox, where it's like, Give me a bomb or like a bunch of ropes or bon- a bunch of bombs or like some money and blah, blah, blah. Just random okay. shit. Uh, at some point, it gets to like pretty specific stuff. Like in the jungle, the last thing he needs is a shotgun. So a shotgun. Yeah, him. I remember that one. Um, The worst one I've encountered in any version is like this happened on this kind of stalled out my progress on that front in the XBLA one, too, is come the ice caves. He's just like, hey, man, um, there's a key in the first level uh bring that shit here and you're just like what the what like why like it it just kind of is a weird unique thing you need to do you need to grab the key and not use it and then just bring it through the entire game up to that point and you're just like fuck you yeah like yeah oh man tunnel man but uh i i got so close and that made it that much worse when it all went wrong like, I got it really late in the mines, like, level 1-4. So it was like, okay, well, I only need to get it through the jungle and the ice caves. And every time I make it to the ice caves, that seems to go pretty smoothly, like, a fair percentage of the time. Because it, it just seems to be a fast-paced stage. Like, you just run down to the bottom and get out of there. Like, I don't do a lot of snooping around because there's aliens and weird shit. But, like, it was, like, level 3-3, three, three, the, like, second-last level before I get it there. I hit, I whipped a alien spaceship and it exploded the land I was standing on and the key fell into the abyss and was gone. Fuck and that. Like, That's some bullshit. But it's kind of like that great organic horrible tragedy that happened where I was like, well, no! it's the great tragedy of this century, really. <laughs> yep. I mean, of this century, like slavery was 19th century. And then, like, Romeo and Juliet, Holocaust, blah, blah, blah. But, like, losing the key right there, fuck. 2013, yeah, Nathan dropped Slavery has nothing on that so hard. Just more. Like, like, yeah. Maybe that's the dramatic arc my story has. Like, that was kind of the big (laughs) turn. Derek (laughs) Yu is my nemesis. And I need to defeat his game. Like, 
Oh, every time I get to the fourth place, do you, have you gotten to like the temple? Uh, never actually. No. Okay. Well, actually, no. It's just at some point you start encountering aliens that shoot this weird or like things that start shoot the, shooting this purple circle towards you, and yeah. it instantly kills you. Like I had eight hearts and got hit by it, and it's just like now you're dead. It melted your brain or something. Like you're just done, and it's just like what the fuck. Like that game keeps coming up with inventive ways to totally murder you, and I don't know. I just keep coming back. Like I just I need to finish it. I like I I really like what it's doing. You realize when you f- go through the whole game and finish it, you yeah. will never play it again. Yeah, probably. Like, it'll be like, I, I did it. Like, the same way I kind of felt like I sort of did it in FTL, and I was like, okay, done. I made it to the end of the game, and my ship didn't explode. That was my own personal victory. <laughs> so, yeah, th- it's possible, like, with this roguelike thing, once you've kind of made it ever, you might just tap out, but... The daily challenge thing is kind of cool, though. Have you been doing those? No. Oh, I really like those. But what is it? It's just you. You do one. Like it's just a regular playthrough of Spelunky. However, everyone who plays it is playing the same random dungeon. Yeah, so it's it it just leaderboards. It, but that game's random nature you normally can't compare like directly. Like it's like, am I good at this? I don't know. Like, how do I compare it to someone else? Who knows? I don't want to know because I know I'm not good at it. So why would I want to know that? Fuck that. And there's kind of different criteria. Like you can collect treasure or try to get really far. And like it's kind of, I don't know. I'm finding it kind of a unique challenge. And like, man, this one dude on my friends list is crazy good at it. Like he was in the top 30 today and I was like number 1,000. It's just like, oh, wow. Okay. Like I got improvement. How would you feel if I just beat you on every single daily challenge? Would you like be really mad? I'd be actually I'd 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 be down with having some more people on my leaderboard cuz it it gives you something to shoot for. Right now there's like two people. And the guy oh. like the only other guy on my list is way better than me. So it's it's kind of, you know, a moot point at this point. It's kind of just like how high can I chart? Like I made it in the top 100 once, but I think I ended up slipping a bit lower over the course of that day. So I I ended up in like 120 something. But sure. I don't it, it's like a game where leaderboards actually matter to me, and that doesn't happen often. So, yeah, I like it. Carlos, what do you feel about leaderboards? Uh, oh, I thought you were going to ask me about uh, Spelunky. Uh, leaderboards, uh, I only care about them in so far as I can uh, really infuriate my friends. So for, like, Geometry Wars Retro Evolve 2 on XBLA, I would make, sh- I would make sure that all of my scores in every game mode were higher than my buddy Dave's, so that every time he loaded his Xbox, he would look at it and know he was inferior. Sure. I mean, I don't know if either of you have played uh, Need for Speed Most Wanted and blah, blah, blah with the auto log. Yeah. Uh, I have, and yeah, that that was a good implementation of that kind of stuff. Nathan, you know who we talked to, Lauren, or Atheistium, as people might know her online. Yeah, yeah. She made me not play that game anymore. Because she was always oh. ahead of me by, like, two seconds. And I got <laughs> infuriated to the point where it's like, fuck this. Like, I'm yeah. so mad right now that I got bumped off this by, like, a second or two. That fuck it. I'm just going. I'm not playing anymore. So, Oh, yeah. so leaderboards have the opposite effect. Like, you don't, like, like oh, man, I got to play more. I got to no, get more I, competitive. No, I know that, like, that was my best run, probably. And I'm going to kill myself for one second. Fuck that. She just ruined this game for me. 
Thanks a lot. And then I just blame other people on my failures, and that's how I get through life. Okay, so I don't want to like prevent you from playing Splunky at all, so maybe don't mess with that feature. I don't know. You're not but sure I guess... Splunky. Together. Yeah, oh man. Because last time we did, it, it went so bad. Well, because you guys weren't taking it seriously at all, and I take it really seriously. So I know, kinda... it was so mad. Like, it's just like, stop doing that. Like, why would you do that as a ghost? Why would you blow me off the thing into the... the... Oh, crap. I just said, whatever. Don't worry what? about it. Nah, d- n- let's move on. Carlos, how do you feel? How would you blow me <laughs> off? Uh, yeah. how, how I feel is that any game that lets you take your ghost and utterly ruin some other player's life, those were the games designed to destroy friendships. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's Spelunky, which I will admit I, I played a little bit of, it wasn't really my cup of tea, so I didn't play too much more. Sure. Or something like Mario Kart or Bomberman, where if you die, you can just fuck up some other guy's day. It doesn't even have to be the guy who killed you, it could be just someone you don't like. <laughs> yeah. And game with you again. Co-op or whatever, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mario's good at that, too. We're just like, I threw you off the edge, haha. Woo! Yep. Yeehaw! Yep. Yeah, I'm not Thanks, sure what Nintendo was thinking there. Let's make a four-player uh, simultaneous co-op Mario, but let's give all the characters collision so that if they collide <laughs> in midair, some guy goes up and some guy goes down. And the guy who goes down, you know, just punches the other guy and then they're never friends again. Sure. Or like the or like the best player in the room will just kind of like, all right, I'm just going to throw everyone off the edge. All right, don't come out of the bubble. I'm just going to do the whole stage and you'll just follow me <laughs> in bubbles. And, and then I'll leads- win. That leads to an entirely different motivation for punching that person. Once yeah. again, ending the friendship. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Nintendo I mean, the common friendship. denominator here is that your friendship is over when you play a game. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Ibn Ob is terrible at that, too. Like, that is a really weirdly demanding co-op game. Oh, like, that it- reminds me. Like, since we're on this train of thought, have you ever played, like, one of these games with a significant other and you real you just start thinking like why am i with you sort of thing like how could you do this to me because i totally have they're like two we, player co-op. it's like how could i play with somebody that can't even keep up with me right now <laughs> we are so not in sync right now that this is just disturbing i have a friend who can't play co-op games with his wife anymore because that exact thing happened or like they- yeah, not even that, but you're just like, what the fuck? Are you fucking stupid or something? And you just start getting angry for no reason. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's kind of what happened. They were playing WoW, and uh, <laughs> she didn't heal him, and he yelled, and uh, she threatened him with various uh, withholding of certain privileges, and yada, yada, yada. They don't play WoW anymore. Was he a tank, and she was a healer? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, that's the worst! That's so bad! Cause it's, it's terrible. Like, this healer is supposed to support everybody in this team but like you know that tank since they're married they're gonna like he she he's gonna expect her to heal him first and if he doesn't get it there's gonna be some trouble there oh man yeah <laughs> i i knew an entirely different uh, husband and wife who had no problems just playing that game uh, together right sure. and uh but in that case he wasn't the tank he was just dps and she was the healer again which is a weird trend I have to get some market data about this. Oh, uh, the I ratio of wives of to healers. I knew a lot of women healers actually playing that game. So yeah, you're not alone in that. But like, I'm just thinking now. Like, I ju- I'm just picturing this guy tanking like this boss or whatever. 
And this healer, like, his wife, healer, heals, like, the other secondary tank, tanking, like, a big group of something or, like, ads or whatever for anybody that knows the lingo. And then, like, oh, so why are you healing him now? Like, getting this weird jealous complex about it. <laughs> Just be so yeah. amazing. First you're healing him, next you're sucking his cock. What's up? Like, Why don't you just go suck his cock, you fucking whore? <laughs> just like, holy shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nathan's weird. You're just having it right now. <laughs> they're just having Whoa. the weirdest argument after that raid. It's like, you were there licking 19 other assholes except for your husband's asshole. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I never played WoW seriously enough for this to make sense, but oh, okay. <laughs> There's a, a lot raid, of assholes in WoW. Right? <laughs> yeah, uh, so a raid is where you have to depend on nine to, what was it, 39 other people to succeed. It's yeah. kind of like if you fought Cutman, and you could beat Cutman, but if 39 other people didn't also beat Cutman, fuck it. <laughs> Weirdly, I played a little bit of Mega Man 9 this week, and I am terrible at that game. Like, you're supposed to go after the Splash Woman first, right? No, you're supposed to memorize every level and then try playing it, basically, because <laughs> that's how Mega Man works. Yeah, there was way too much <laughs> yeah, yeah, Splash Woman is the metal man of that game. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. that's what I went first, but I just kept dying over and over in the stage, and I, was, I never even got to her. I was just like, what the hell? Like, you died all time? It was the mm-hmm. bubbles, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It, well, at least initially, and then once I kind of figured out the bu- bubbles, they just became tedious, and I hated them. And yeah, th- they were definitely the part that was fatiguing me every time. Welcome to playing oh. Mega Man for the first time without internet help. I guess the shifting platforms to get to the ladders was kind of shitty too. So I always hated Cement Man. I hated his fucking level. Fuck those elephants. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, isn't that also the level that they used in the demo? Um, I I had a lot of friends who downloaded that demo, died on the second elephant, and they're like, fuck it, not downloading Mega Man 9. Now, yeah, like, that was a demo, and I did beat it, or whatever, like, beat Cement Man and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, growing up with Mega Man, you kind of grew up with the tolerance to just, like, dying over and over and getting fucking pissed off all the time, and then eventually <laughs> getting it one time, and then learning how to do it again. So, mm. like, I was used to that, but, like, it still sucks, man. Holy shit. It fucking sucks. In this day and age, where video games are really catered to people just being able to pick up, play, have fun, and then put it down, it sucks when you get a game that's, like, really hard and makes you think. Because then it reminds you of how things were. And for a second, you're nostalgic. But then a second time, you're just like, well, I got to work in an hour, so fuck this game. I'm going to plug in this other game that I can just, like, jerk off on, and then I'm done. Well, nine was also made that way. Like, yeah. it's it's almost kind of tongue in cheek in how it just. Sometimes it will unfairly kill you where you have no chance, and it will make no apologies for it. Sure. And you can tell that it was kind of done on purpose because they were doing this throwback, so they wanted to be like, "Hey, remember that time in Mega Man Two that you just died for no reason? Well, here's a game that's going to do that to you." And ten was a lot fairer. It gave you a lot more chances to react to what was coming at you, which is personally why I like ten a lot better. Sure. But different I just never really goals, heard right? people talking about ten. Like everyone was kind of fascinated that they revisited the old formula with nine, 
and then 10 came out and I just didn't hear much about it. Like I have it too, but I just, I, didn't, I haven't really dipped into it. So that's interesting to hear. It's like totally different mentality. Uh, so maybe it I'll is, get more fun out of it. I, I would recommend playing it. It is a lot more forgiving and it's a lot fairer. I'll say it also has some ridiculously awesome music in it. Like there were a few tracks where I was like, holy crap, this is the best NES song I've never heard coming out of an NES Hmm. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, like, okay. and, and that's not praise I give lightly because there are a ton of NES songs I have on my MP3 players that I listen to like over and over religiously. So, hmm. there's definitely some uh, Mega Man Two stages that I remember the songs from. So, uh, yeah, game had great music as well. Yep, really up there. Mega right. Man Four, really good. Stage, but what? I like some Mega Man Four. I know a lot of people don't. It's pretty good. I'm actually a big fan of Mega Man 4. I think that uh, it is criminally underrated compared to other Mega Mans. I thought they really nailed the level design in it. They really nailed um, it. really started a lot of the conventions that you see a lot in Mega Man later, like the chart shot and uh, the way... Like, 3 introduced sliding, but 4 really kind of designed the levels around it a bit better. Yeah, I, I personally am a big fan of 4. Five and six were kind of bled to me, though. Oh, yeah, totally. They were very bled, but I like four a lot. But, I mean, I'm still two and three because that's what I grew up with. Like, Where go. is Mega Man and base, like, the X series, or where no, does that factor? It takes place in between eight and nine. It's complicated. It actually used the same sprites from eight, but it was released on the Japanese Super Famicom download cart service. So it was okay. technically a Super Nintendo game, even though it came in place after Mega Man 8, which is which was on PlayStation and Saturn. Oh, okay. And then yeah. it came out on GBA here eventually, right? Yes, it did. A kind of mediocre port of it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So that that was kind of at the height of my like Nintendo power awareness. So I was like, oh. There's a new Mega Man game out, and then a friend of mine had to kind of school me on all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, he's Rockman in Japan, and that's why it's called this. And it's just like, oh, okay. Oh, really? Just yeah. like sitting there, all wide-eyed, looking up at him. I could just yeah, picture legs it right crossed, now. just kind of head in my hands, learning <laughs> about the history. Sure. Yeah. I remember reading an interview with uh, uh, Inafune, the guy who made Mega Man, and he's mm-hmm. like, the first time I heard the name Mega Man, I was like, what the hell is Mega Man? Why are they calling him that? So they <laughs> think it's just as weird. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, we got, like, this giant compendium in at our bookstore now. I guess there's, like, a 25th anniversary, like, anthology kind of thing. Okay, this know. reminds me quickly before you continue, and I will let you continue. Do you get uh, discounts? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you should buy that book, and then I will buy it from you. Oh, okay. Anyways, uh, continue. I don't, I don't know. I'm just remarking that, like, I guess there's a... Is is this year a landmark year, or is it 30th now? Like, when did that whole thing... 25th? Does that sound right? For Mega Man? For, uh, Mega Man? Mega Man yeah. was 87. Okay, so this would have been published last year in Japan, probably. So kind of like the Historia, it finally came here a bit later. Maybe yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, probably. Sure. But, okay. But yeah, no, just that it says like boldly on it, Mega Man, but that's kind of incorrect in a way. But yeah, Inafune. Rock and base. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like, I guess it was like just like that all of the supporting characters' names have like a theme to their names, and then there's just Mega Man. 
You're just like, what? Okay. And, uh, yeah, because, uh, I, I kind of would have liked to have known why they changed the name and, and what the meeting was. It's like, okay, we're not going to name this guy Rockman. I want you guys to think of a really good name for this guy, but not something stupid like Mega Man or something like that. The next the dude that's got alliteration. Man. Yeah, like everyone just was like, M and M. I I don't know. I think you just nailed it. You will be known as M M. Yeah, like M and two, M and three. Yeah, M and M. That's that's what it'll be. But what was even worse was in Mega Man Powered Up, where, uh, you know, it was fairly common knowledge that before he became Mega Man, because it was rock and roll, in Mega Man Powered Up, they insinuated that his name before being Mega Man was just Mega. That's so dumb. That's so fucking stupid. That that is so so fucking stupid. I nearly stopped playing the game right there. I'm like, it's fucking Capcom. I'm glad I didn't stop. It's a fun game. But that was so there's a, there's one famous case though of like the American name being a million times ratter than the Japanese original, and that is Robotnik versus Eggman. Agreed, a hundred percent. Yep. I think uh, everyone you know, has to agree. Like you know, you tell whoever invented Sonic, you're just like, oh fuck, you nailed it. You guys did it. Oh well, I don't know. Like I'd hope so because I yeah, growing up with Robotnik and then suddenly that changed come Dreamcast. It was weird. That was really weird. I, I honestly really liked both names, and I like how they consolidated them. Like, because um, here, he, well, yeah, yeah, here he was always Robotnik, but then they started calling him Eggman as his nickname, but his name was still Ivo Robotnik. And then in Japan, they never used Robotnik until they needed to give him a real name, so they gave him Ivo Robotnik. So in a way, they kind of it's kind of like the two championship belts in the WWE. They consolidated them, and now it's known as Ivo Eggman Robotnik, the okay. world over. So it's all it, it all gels. It gels. What about chili it. dogs? Does Sonic still love them when he's going faster than the speed of sound? What? I'm not sure show? if he does. <laughs> yeah, I'm it is. In around at the speed of sound. Got places to go. Gotta follow my rainbow. I could, I yeah. could sing the whole song. And it's I'm so not going good. to. So. <laughs> but, Just like the overlapping of the Sonic TV shows is super weird. Because, like, there's a goofy one and a serious one, and then there was another one, right? Like, yeah, yeah that third one where Jaleel White voiced a girl. <laughs> it was really strange. Yeah. So good. So good. It sounds about as bad as it sounds. <laughs> like he he really does not have a feminine voice. So it kind of sounds like if any of us tried to voice a girl. Dude, do you remember Family Matters? Fucking okay. for a uh, fair amount of things. I remember that there used to be this little black girl character, and then one day she went up the stairs and never came back, and they never mentioned her again. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not it's even like kidding. the laziest about... writing, but it's also amazing. I don't to even try to like rationalize that in like the show's like I don't know mythology or whatever. It's like what happened? Like what? That's that's a great launch pad for amazing fanfics. Is oh, there a Family sure. Matters wiki? Maybe we can find out what happened to her. I don't know. You two keep talking. I'm gonna look it up right now. <laughs> but oh, like if there's a clip or something where it's just like, yeah, no, this is the last time this character's ever seen. And no one cared because sitcoms. So <laughs> yeah, no one gave there you go. Because <laughs> she wasn't Urkel or Lydia or whatever her, the hell the girl's name was. Right. I'm sure there's. Was just... it Lydia or am I thinking of Beetlejuice? You're thinking of Beetlejuice, I think. I am. Yeah. 
How do you feel about that sequel announcement? Like, Eh. the re-announcement? I hope it's a sequel of the cartoon. I always like the cartoon a lot better. (laughs) Like, it treats that as canon, and then it's just like, picking up where we left off, and assumes everyone was up to speed. I I think they should. They should ignore the creepy connotations of Beetlejuice hanging out with that preteen girl, and just go for it. Just go for it, man. Just... Just get the Dakota Fanning. She's still 13, right? To play Lydia, and you're good to go. Okay, so back to Family Matters. Mm-hmm. I got a Yahoo Answers. So this is the top notch of internet people solving problems yeah. here. Okay, Judy Winslow. Talk about a disappearing act. At the end of the show's fourth season, the youngest of the three Winslow children walked upstairs to her room and was never seen again. Everyone asks, what happened to you? Says Jamie Foxworth, now 20. I tell them, I'm still up there in my closet, putting on my clothes. The show's creators don't have much better explanation. The official name is Denial, hoping that the audience will notice, admits William Buckley, who says dropping the character was a budget consideration. As Fox, as Foxworth's co-stars coped with the departure, Jamie was my best friend on the set, says her TV sister, Katie or Kelly Williams, her mother struggled to break the news to the then 13-year-old. Toward the end of that summer, I kept asking my mom, aren't we going back to work? Foxworth recalls. She didn't know how to tell me. Finally, she just said we weren't. Devastated by the news, Foxworth... This is a really long thing. Foxworth, yeah. <laughs> Foxworth struggled to adjust to her, new, to her abruptly new life. I was back in school, and I didn't have any friends, she says. Dating, too, proved difficult. I had boyfriends who would be like, she has money, she can pay our way. In 1996, Foxworth, who shares a home in Burbank with her mother, two sisters, and a toddler niece, formed a pop band called S.H.E. with her siblings. And the trio continues to perform locally. After several acting classes, the Burbank... The Burbank, <laughs> after several acting classes, a Burbank High School graduate is also back to the audition circuit. Next time, she says, I want to make serious films. She's now doing pornography. <laughs> you, can see, you can see some of her ahem work on IMDb and new photographs at http colon slash slash www.videoteam.com slash star pages slash crave underscore photos slash index dot htmn slash crave underscore photos slash okay got it (laughs) for anybody in the live chat right now and in our skype chat i am posting the link for you right now you know for ease of use um, keep in mind, she is legal now, so clicking on that will not get the FBI to your house. However, it doesn't even work anymore, so this is some old information. But she's been doing pornography, so little Judy Winslow went upstairs and came out a woman for all of us to see. <laughs> when, oh, when, when you said she's legal now, I almost yelled out, damn it, without thinking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <sighs> This is how you can tell it's even 1.30 a.m. one episode where it's just like, she went to boarding school anyway, and then just... Evil boarding school. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I can't believe how long that answer was. That was so good. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there Story you go. Time. So that's exactly what happened to the other little girl. 
in Family Matters. I how did the fuck did we get onto this topic? Uh, Sonic. Carlos. <laughs> yeah, Carlos, yeah. What have fun. you been doing in the last week that you want oh. to talk about? For work, oh, this is going to be terribly, terribly boring. Looking for work, uh, prepping a script for a screenwriting contest. I want to enter. Um, mm-hmm. Prepping a couple scripts actually. Uh, playing entirely too much Pokemon Y and entirely too much Console Diablo Three. Of uh, yeah, that. How is Console Diablo Three? Because I just started getting back into con- uh, PC Diablo Three. Uh, I really like playing that game on a gamepad. I really wish I could always play Diablo-esque games on a gamepad. Um, yeah. Part of the loot 2.0 changes are in effect in the console version, so um, legendary items can roll at any level, and they can they drop a lot more often. You get less trash loot, and the loot you do get tends to be more useful for your class. At all, I, I definitely hasn't really like, been missed. Okay. I definitely agree with like the gamepad being... I kind of go to for those kind of experiences. I think it was Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance kind of introduced me to that whole concept. On sure, the that was a really fun game with like a friend. Yeah, so I was just like, okay, so getting loot and stuff, this is great. And then kind of the Torchlight split with like the XBLA version I really liked and the PC one I was really indifferent towards because the clicking thing, I just, I don't get it. I don't find that satisfying somehow. So... Yeah. This is going to make me seem like an old man, but I get, like, wrist fatigue playing on keyboard and mouse too too long, right? There okay. are some games I, yeah. I need that. Like, I, uh, playing Classic Doom on PC, I won't hook up a gamepad to that. I'll use a keyboard and mouse in any day of the week. But, mm-hmm. like, it, I, it tires me out. Like, my wrists, I start to feel that fatigue. I kind of want to just... Uh, I, I kind of want... Just but had to play cut Diablo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Diablo 3 is built very well for it. Uh, the same screen co-op is handled very nicely. I, I'll i bring the game over to Dave's house. I'll upload my save onto the cloud. I'll download it at his place. And then we'll just play together. It's really cool. Mm. So I really recommend it if you like Diablo and maybe you stop playing the PC version for a while. The only thing is you can't bring your characters over, so you'll have to start fresh. Oh, okay. That's, That's not a huge though. issue. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't really expect that, but Okay. Sure. Diablo. And you've been writing a screenplay? Um it's one that there there have been a couple that I've been working on for some time, like going through the outline phase and then actually putting pen to paper, so to speak. Um, Do you actually like write several ideas concurrently like are you able to kind of keep that going or? yeah i i actually use uh evernote to or that i can do that okay because um, if i didn't have any kind of note taking going on i'd never keep anything in check i'd start to meld ideas and that yeah, would be bad okay. because I have some real-world legal-type scripts and some sci-fi fantasy stuff, and if they ever merged, it would either be entirely awesome or entirely terrible, so... (laughs) Yeah, okay. Like, I I don't know, I was kind of dabbling in writing over the last month or two, and I was just, like, wandering around. Like, it was just like, and I'm bored now, so then something else happened or whatever, and it would just derail myself all the time. So I just have, like, 40 (laughs) non-starter, like, 
three page thing. Yeah, for one out for Nathan's <laughs> writing career. Uh, maybe I need some sort of program or something to kind of keep me focused because it's definitely too like too tempting to just kind of leave the path and go do something silly. So for sure, for sure. There were a few techniques I had to learn. Like when I used to write, I used to just start writing something. Worst thing you can possibly do. You'll run out of steam halfway through. You'll run out of ideas. You'll say, fuck it. You don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, I don't ever even start something until I'm happy with an outline. I write an entire okay. outline and I will refine that outline completely before I even start the first paragraph. Uh, before I even start the first line of dialogue, as it would be for a, for a screenplay, right? And then mm-hmm. if anything in the screenplay changes as I'm writing it, if I have some inspiration to change something, I'll immediately stop, I'll go back to my outline, I'll update it, and then I'll work off of that. Okay. It's, it's sometimes tedious, but it, it, it's hard, but you, I'll actually finish scripts, which I never used to do, so... So, like, not just like, I'm going to find the story as I go, and it's like, no, don't do that. Have a plan. It seems to be... Y- yeah. And... I'll often find I'll start writing an outline and then I'll hit that wall, right? And it's so much more satisfying to hit that wall on an outline because it'll happen much sooner. It'll usually happen in minutes. As Think about to, how to overcome it. Yeah, okay. Like, you're not already in mm-hmm. hours invested in this kind of dead-end thing, so, okay. Yeah, and that was really discouraging. So that's some that's a habit I had to kind of unlearn. Cool. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I, there's, yeah. It's weird also, like, being in, surrounded by literature now, and, like, we have, like, a writing section and, like, self help books everywhere. And it's just, like, everybody seems to have advice on how to do it. And it's just, like, I don't know anymore. Like, at some but point, if they if could just, do it, why would they be writing self help books if they'd be getting money for good ideas? <laughs> well, actually, yeah. I think I brought it up before. Like, at the point where you're, like, five or six books deep in your self help book, I start to doubt you're, you know what you're talking about. Because you're just like, sure. you would have got it by now. Like, why should I need to buy the fifth version? Like, you know, those who cheap. can't teach, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I would agree to, with that to a point. I think it is possible as a practitioner of the craft to kind of be able to look at it from the outside and actually notice things that sometimes people on the inside don't, and for those mm-hmm. observations to be to be fairly fairly accurate, right? The, the issue, and I'm quoting this off of John August's blog. He's a great screenwriter. He has, a, he has a great resource online for aspirants to get information from. Uh, he says uh, those people uh, should be uh, producers because that's what a producer needs to do. They need to look in from the outside. They need to be a sobering second thought, right? Uh, mm-hmm. They need to not write the material. They need to go, hey, man, does this gypsy really need to be a pig? We don't want to actually pay for the pig, man. Can he be a dude? That kind of thing. Oh, okay. So just like someone removed enough to kind of just make these, you know, pragmatic decisions. And yeah, I gotcha. Yes, because it, it, it's always collaborative. Like uh, I'll a novel published entirely on my own. It just won't happen. I will need to collaborate it sometimes, and that means my vision needs to be malleable, and I'm going to need to put up with other hands in the pot. It's it's just a fact of life, really. Hmm. 
I guess I'm also just thinking of like the weird like self publication avenue of the internet. Like that might just result in a lot of undisciplined stuff going on. But oh, to, dude, totally. Because I follow people that are authors of books, and like there have been a few times where they're like, "Hey, this is free on Amazon right now," and I downloaded it, read one paragraph, and deleted it because it's fucking trash. <laughs> Yeah, like it's too easy now to like put out a really self-indulgent thing and actually make it available, but it might not be worth time. I, I don't know. Sounds uh, like I, a I once read. Avenue. I once read a free book on uh, the the uh, on Apple's books service, whatever it's called, iBooks. iBooks, yeah. I'm not sure what it's called. I'm assuming it's iBooks. They put i in front of everything. Yeah, and it, it was is, called it the is. Princess and the Penis. And it was not nearly as good as that title would suggest. Oh, oh man. okay. I would so, so read say. about a princess and a penis. Yep. You know what? It might be worth reading once, and I think it's free still. So, the princess and go. the penis. Go read it, people. There you go. <laughs> free advertisement here. <laughs> Why not? I mean, how could you lose with that title, really? Mm-hmm. It, it, it is a really good title, and and. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to segue here a bit. The title is always the hardest thing for me to actually come up with. I know a lot of people say it, it's cliche. I try to come up with it last because I try to think of it first, and it's always the most terrible title in the world. Yeah, hashtag, hashtag like, so hard. Even if you're like hashtag saving rock hard, rock hard. <laughs> but like you're writing on a computer, right? So how, like, what do you name the title like temporarily? Like uh, I'll use attend. Like story three, I figure one out, and they, sure story three, or like um, it, it can be something very uh, just just very general. It's like teen guy with powers. That'll be a tentative okay. title. Okay, and I'll so eventually like, you know, pop- scrolling through. Oh yeah, that one, and then you can yeah. jump again. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, and then I know that's that particular project. Okay, I can keep the ideas all contained within. Yeah, writing. It's it's a thing insightful. that people do. It, it, it is. is a thing that people do, indeed. And have especially on the things. internet, and every, apparently everybody can do it better than you. So that's good. I mean, it's really uh, it's really easy to find helpful people on the internet to tell you what you're doing wrong, so you can hone your craft a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a lot of yeah. constructive criticism out there. Like so. when people say that you gave Mass Effect three an eight out of ten, you are a faggot. You realize yeah. that I probably wrote this review wrong. <laughs> so there's been a few of those. Uh, so. I, I'm not sure where that thought process comes from. It's like that game did not get a perfect score. Break their kneecaps. Yeah. Well, Why? I mean, Why would I mean, you break a kneecap over that? My thing was that I really like Mass Effect 2 because I still revisit it from now from like time and time again. And it's very much like this i like the universe but more specifically for that game is that i like this idea of building your elite force for this impossible mission so mm-hmm. i really like how that game is and then compared to that game which if in that series i would give a perfect 10 i figure that one i like a lot for the rpg elements which they took out of the subsequent games so that's probably about a nine or an eight eight point five maybe somewhere in there and three i like the least like what it is yeah right and then three i liked the least however it was still a closure to this series i really really enjoyed 
and mm-hmm. it still takes place in this universe. It plays very well, blah, blah, blah. So it's probably an eight. That was my mm-hmm. reasoning. Like, fucking sue me. I guess I'm a faggot. Whatever. I, I, I also think a big issue is that people look at the number, they don't read the review, and they they just go wild over a number. Like, I'm kind of iffy on game reviews these days. I'm a little bit more cynical about them. But, sure. I, like, like, don't just look at a number and assume you know what that reviewer is thinking. Because they might just have some real insight. Like, I'm a big fan of Halo 3. And I read a dude who just slammed, the, like, just slammed it in his review, and he made some good points. It follows a a corridor room corridor room formula, and that's all of Halo. Like sometimes they disguise the corridors and rooms as outdoor areas, but that's kind of what Halo is. And games are subjective, so to this reviewer, he did not enjoy that, and he explained why he didn't like it and why that means that game is not very good to him, and that. I don't have to agree with it. I learned something about that guy, and I know why he doesn't like the game. There's no point in me being mad over it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Like, there's definitely times I've actually scrolled to just see the number. Like, I feel bad, but that's something I've done. Like, it's just like, all right, all right, well, whatever. I don't, I don't care. What did you? Okay, five. Huh. All right, and then I'll just like closed tab like i just feel like an idiot but that's something i've done well i think we can all agree that video game reviewers are faggots well no (laughs) like i mean there's like a really small list of ones i actually like take seriously where it's like okay this person i've come to expect like good thoughts from so i'll actually read this whereas some it's like what that seems really low oh okay whatever whereas yeah i don't know like just thinking back like the most recent jim sterling review i read uh, was Bad. the Arkham Origins one? Yep. And I I don't know. I don't. I haven't played it, so I guess I can't really get to like. But I'm not sure. He seems very nitpicky in some well, ways. Well, it seems like his thing is this is iterative, and I'm annoyed with it. So three yeah, five, and that like this shouldn't okay, exist. I, under- I understand that. However. If you're going to give that argument, no video game should probably exist in your world because every fucking game is iterative and kind of irritating. And you know what? I might agree. I might well, agree with him like, on that. Like, this was before I even started playing it again, but, like, his Killzone 3 review was in my head because that is kind of an iterative thing that doesn't do a lot of interesting things. 10 out things. of 10. Give it 10, 10 out of 10. Yeah, it's just kind of like, well, the, like, I mean... It just showcases how subjective it really is. Like it's just like I like this one, I don't like this one, and you're just like, whatever. Like at some point, there isn't that much to this. Like he hated Alpha Protocol so much, and Kane and Lynch too. So that game's okay too. Yeah, they're they're not that poisonous. Like they just think you just gotta take games for what they are and not what you think they should be because, like. I'm at the point like, now where I'm going to say video games aren't art for like liter for what literature and movies try to do where they're trying to tell a story. I would never take a video game over those mediums, but I will take a video game when they do interesting mechanics that make me come back to it over and over. Well, like when they're like an experience generator as opposed to like a scripted thing you're supposed to do. Like scripted games are kind of useless now, right? I mean, can we well, agree I mean, on that? I don't know. They're they're so finite. And they don't have to be like it's like you could have coded something that actually would have lasted longer, but you didn't. 
and I, I don't know why. Just kind of fucked David Cage, right? Kind well, <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, that's a that, that's a sentiment I have lately. Like I don't know what he's trying to do. Like it's it's he loves movies a lot, but he kind of found this weird backwards avenue into making game movies. So like they'll get more attention even though they're kind of bad. He's a so, Uwe Boll of video games. He he should <laughs> be making movies so that you know he can stay out of my my damn hobby. Like, but I think. <laughs> I, <laughs> but if he was making movies, they'd be really unremarkable movies that no one would see. Of course, like it be like a bargain bin, like direct to DVD movie somewhere. Whereas it's like because they're video games, it's like oh weird compared to other video games, this is really weird. So you know, decent sales and people pay attention to it. But yeah, like this, the, the, like the actual, source now. Yeah. Like the actual yeah. line of heavy rain is like sub suspect zero serial killer quality. Like it's just shitty, but because it's a video game, it's kind of novel. No, no, let's admit, let's all admit the first time you went through heavy rain, you were totally into it until you realize Until, that none yeah. of it makes sense, and he just threw random shit in there to make it seem like there's an actual mystery there and to throw you off the trail yeah, of figuring it, something it out yourself. It's just red herring the video game. It unraveled. Like, it completely... Like, it had me, and then it just fell apart. But it was, it still had me for a little while, so I still kind of find it It had you the first full playthrough. Don't even try. Don't... Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm admitting that. I'm saying, sure. like... At the end, and then thinking back on it, it's just kind of like, oh, wow. That was just can't awesome. think about a David Cage game, because if you do, you will want to kill him. <laughs> All right. I'm, I, I, I'm personally already there. Uh, I've watched a lot of Heavy Rain. I haven't played it because I didn't want to, you know, bore myself to tears. Um, you get to shake the, that juice. The thing is... Yeah, I, I didn't want to shake babies, you know, like, uh, if I if I want a baby shaking simulator, there's lots of other games that already provide me that. Um, I, I think the thing is, like, I do think games are art, but they're art because they're mechanical constructs. They're, they're mechanical... They're, 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 they're an expression of, of game mechanics, of, 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 of a designer kind of... He wants you to plug into his vision... Of hey, here's an obstacle. Here are the hurdles. Here are your abilities. Get to it. You can plug yeah. a story into that. But when David Cage comes out and says that game over screens are a failure of game design and that he doesn't really see much use for game mechanics, I kind of want to just jump cake him in the face. I'm, that's, well, I mean, that's it's ironic I'm because it's the failure of game design calling out other failures of game design, right? I mean, he that doesn't design true. games. He designs movies and then puts push X here to continue. Yeah, like, it's like, oh man, if he actually said that about mechanics, like, yeah, that that is just infuriating, because it's just like, you're not talking about game design right now, you're talking about, like, you know, machinima, you, you're a machinima director, essentially, like, sure, I, you know, like, you're taking tools that make it easy to move a camera around in an environment and kind of, you know, make a movie type experience that has some sort of audience involvement which is kind of a neat avenue too like i'm not totally against it entirely but it's not what i consider like this is game design like that is not like if you 
boiled down, it's just like this is really bad game. You made Simon. You you reinvented Simon and then put a movie on it. Like that's not good. Like uh, that's uh, you not know, inventive. Like the you, first you time Indigo Prophecy literally is Simon, but whatever. It's like all right, left, up, left, left. Okay. And now the movie plays <laughs> and the guy is a killer or something. It's just like, good God, this is really bad, but I've never seen someone try something this weird, so yeah. But okay, sorry. I uh, no no uh, it's it's all right. Even though that's not my kind of game, I would have no issue whatsoever with people enjoying that kind of game, even if it wasn't my thing. Because you know, games are different things to different people. If mm-hmm. David Cage didn't talk and act like he was God's gift to game design, that's my that kind of irks me. That really irks me, man. If, sure. if you're gonna if, if you're gonna act like you're God's gift to game design, make great games, and then I won't have a problem with you. I almost like, like verbal words, maybe even like Will Wright. Maybe you could say that because you make stuff that people still play or made stuff people still play and iterate yeah. on that for the rest of your career, even though it's stagnant and old now. But anyways, well, it's like done that too. But, okay. but like you could still like he, you can still talk because you make games. You don't make movies that you have to push a button to continue. So like, yeah. fuck off, David Cage. Like, he's kind of yeah. put himself in this weird middle zone where it's just like, you're a bad filmmaker, and you're not a game designer. So I don't, what, I don't know. Like, okay. I'll and, kind of and, then he doesn't, and then he doesn't help himself by putting Ellen Page's nude model in his game against her wishes. Oh, and then on that? top of... On top of being, a, you know, a terrible writer and a terrible game designer, he's now also a giant fucking creep. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of creeps, Nathan, mm-hmm. you want to see some naked Ellen Page model? I know you do. Uh, I don't know. This how is to, like the like, running well, gag with you now, I guess. The Ellen Page like, thing. I I do. I've you know I enjoy. She's a fine actress. She, you know what do you say to that? <laughs> She was a fine actress, fine set of tits, fine actress. She she was so good in Juno. Oh, my God. Whatever. I've read, like, you know, obviously I've read into the whole, like, it's not her, right? Like, it's model. Right. It's some model. Like, the question is, like, why did they need to render any of it? Because it's not on screen. So who cares? But they did. Wasn't wasn't that the issue, too, with, like, uh, Oblivion Oblivion getting re-rated? Like, they rendered the nipples and because mods allowed you to then see them, they're like, okay, this is not okay. This has to be M. What else am I going to jerk off to in the world of Oblivion? Answer yeah. me that. You know what? Give me an answer to that, and I will completely agree with you and concede my point. you got to model something that you can jerk off to if you're going to make a video game. And I totally agree. And the moment they took the nipples off that dragon, I couldn't jerk off to it anymore. Exactly. It was just like udders after that, and that's just weird, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just up, like I don't want to be some kind of weird furry now, you know. <sighs> but steamworks furries you know? too, right? Like really, <laughs> furries like animals? I don't know. Like I don't mind. Okay, so this is gonna be weird, I guess. I don't mind people saying that they like associate their personalities or something with animals, or even think maybe they no, are an animal. Animals. Like, yeah, okay, you're crazy. Like, That's fine. Identify you with you're crazy. When you okay. draw a fox with a giant cock fucking a dolphin, you're weird. <laughs> like I'm just saying, you're weird. I haven't seen that one, but okay. Uh, I, I think I think I'm about to out weird you. Uh, well, I, I get ready. 
Yeah. I have no issue with anthropomorphic animal people looking hot. I agree. Uh, you and know, I'll, 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 I'll give you one example from, I'll give you an example from everybody's childhood. Gadget yeah. from Chippendale Rescue Rangers. For sure. Sure. Dude, yeah, I there was a pretty good gadget costume at this Halloween party I went to. I don't disagree with you, but they don't yep. need to be fucking each other. That's all I'm getting at. They, I don't need to see giant elephant cock. That's it. That's the, I don't need to see. see I don't know where you're going because that's not what I'm seeing. Okay. Like it's, so it's, story, it's, story time. I had a friend, and he wasn't a furry. However, he uh, worked at the university slash college or whatever. The what the fuck is that called now? DeVry, I guess, here in Calgary. Like yeah. to school there, but he also worked at like the tech place or whatever where they rented out cords or whatever people needed students for the day sort of thing. And there was one student who called himself a furry and wore a tail. And somehow yeah. when he returned something, he found this guy's personal website slash blog or whatever. And besides the gratuitous amount of disgusting fan fiction about animals fucking each other, there was sure, there sure was pictures there. And we looked at it one night and Holy fuck, you cannot unsee two dolphins fucking each other or like Fox pussy. I I have a question about the tail. Okay. Was it yeah? Was it like was it taped or sewed onto the back of the clothing, or was it an anal plug? Uh, no, it was neither. It was actually an insert that he would put in his pants between his waistband and like his skin. Okay. And what was it? A raccoon tail? Hmm. He referred to himself as the raccoon, like he called <sighs> himself that or something. I don't know. There was something weird about him. I mean, okay. it was a lot I... weird about him. I, I, I have wanna... a follow-up question. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, did when he jumped, could he flutter the tail to slow his descent? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Could, it, could he turn into a statue, and then people would not <laughs> run into him when they walked? And, and if he turned into a statue in midair, could he in fact stomp out a volcano? <laughs> God. And how many points would he get? Uh, no to all of these questions, and I can't stop laughing. I'm gonna fucking puke. <laughs> now I feel bad because like I had a weird, like an almost serious observation, and it just doesn't seem to fit now. <laughs> just well, like, anyways, I'm well, curious. It's like at some point I kind of look at it as like, well, there's like a whole generation that was raised on animated films that kind of just featured animal characters in a way Disney. that, yeah, the Disney films. Yeah. Like really like the Robin hood movie is kind of like you're watching this relationship develop between these Fox people. And it's like, you're supposed to kind of just identify it as people, but they're not. And they're animals. And it's just like, if you grew up with that as like a foundational thing, like that and like, I don't know, great mouse detective, there's like, you know, you can your perception of all of this could just kind of meld together and it kind of makes it make sense to me. Like, it's like I see where this comes from. Like, okay. I saw the same movies and just didn't develop that way quite so the it's same way. Like as this if, other you watch, did. if you accidentally like see your mom naked, like when you're really young or accidentally walk into like a room of porn or something, you have it, right. a fascination of like the thing you saw. So it's well, like, like where, you where saw your mom naked. Yeah, you fetishize yeah. something. Whereas like these people might have seen like 
gadget really young and is like, man, I want some fucking mouse tits. I want a motor yeah. right now. And you don't like it makes sense. These are the thoughts co- I have to this day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, you know, Robin Hood wants some fox tits and that's what you're seeing. So sure. you're just like, okay, like, and in this movie, I'm like identifying with this character and whatever. And then after it's over, it's just kind of now in your subconscious as a thing that makes sense. And as 20 years later, you're at some weird furry orgy in the forest, and it's, you know, you're that Yeah, you're yiffing it up, dressing as, you know, fluttering around. Hashtag rock hard. Yiffing it up. <laughs> yep. I, I, I just love yiffing as a verb, and it's a yep. verb I'm going to use from here on out. Yeah, it's a it's a subculture that, I don't know, it, it it's baffling, but not as much as it must be to some older folks, I guess. I have another question now. You know, feminism is a giant thing and like, we need equality, blah, 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 take us seriously or whatever they're doing on the internet. Mm Mm-hmm. That's been going on for a while. Is is furries next? Because like, transsexuals is kind of part of the feminism thing and like gender politics, but now is it like, I, I really, really relate to Robin Hood Fox, I need to be taken seriously because holy shit, well, got to get me some of that fox. Place. Okay, like as part of my uh, my Little Pony vision quest, uh, <laughs> I encountered a documentary about furries that was on Vimeo, and it is kind of taking them seriously in that way of just kind of like we're just misunderstood, man. Like we just really like Sonic or whatever, you know. Like they have. I do, I do think there are probably people that are just like, you know what? I kind of like this anthropomorphic, like this um, creature or whatever is like a hero, mm-hmm. and like that's fine. I am so okay with that. And the Elysium or whatever the what the fuck was that game called? Elysium? What? Like the Elysium? No. What the Elysian or do you know which one I'm talking oh, about? That yeah, like, yeah, you, you're talking about that tail. side-scrolling shoot 'em up, right? Well, like uh, Castlevania that had the animal people in it. That's yeah, dust. like oh no, 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 uh, uh, right, right. Dust. It's not a shoot 'em up. You're talking about dust, an Elysian tail, an Elysian right. tail. Like I'm looking okay yeah. with that, and, like the people right. in it and the heroes and blah blah blah. My thing yeah. is, I do not to, I do not need to see fucking hammerhead shark fucking a dolphin like i don't need to see pornography based on that but i'm okay with people if they just like like this weird world where everything's an animal that's fine i don't care about that yeah oh but because oh, dude, if you're sorry aliens and you can fuck them in mm-hmm. mass effect yeah uh, all all i know which means we live in the future it is established we live in the future therefore the possibilities of some hot blonde woman being able to have, you know, the surgery to make herself look like a life-size gadget does exist. And I'm not sure I could say no to that, gents. I'm not sure I could. Now, what if that surgery was used to make me have a giant elephant penis? <laughs> well, there's an occasion for hashtag rock hard. There you yeah. go. Hashtag rock hard, bringing it back home. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, as a, fa- if you as a fandom go down, like, of ponies, I know you like get a lot of shit because well, I mean, do we anymore? Like, does that happen more? But some people in your fandom are creepy, but some people in every fandom are kind of creepy. So whatever. Well, but I guess at some point, though, we're talking about like a list of like 
you know, like everyone has kind of a list of stuff that does turn them off, but like turn them on and then also a giant list that turns them off. So, you know, you, I don't know, like at some point that kind of just, you're, you're looking at stuff that you wouldn't enjoy anyway. So yeah, like I there's mean, a huge list of stuff I've seen where it's just like, Oh God, why, why is we this? start talking about that? You and I have been browsing reddit.com slash r slash rule 34. Yeah. It's hit and miss because it that's just the nature of it, right? Like it's like, oh, I actually care about this. This is interesting. Oh, this is god awful. How does like this I don't know if I do care about it, but some days I just want to see like Korra from Legend of Korra just getting fucking gang raped. <laughs> you know, that I, is, like, I think everybody's had a day like that, but yep. mainly because I fucking hate Korra. Like God, oh, I okay. hate her. I just want to see her in bad positions. Take Korra. But then at the same thing. time, rock hard. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. No, but like then, like the stuff we grew up with, like maybe I want to see what would happen if uh, Princess Zelda and Toadstool just started like making out. Yeah, that's the thing that that's uh, no, on an MS Paint. So, so, so I'm not I'm not saying I've seen anything or nothing, but the proper okay. Google search and you'll see that exact thing right now. In oh no! Like, that we live this in. This subreddit totally provides all of this stuff, but yeah, it's kind of weird. Also, seeing like what trends, like what, like what is this? Why did this catch? Like I don't know. There's shows and like windows into fandoms that I just don't understand, but I was never going to because it wasn't my childhood. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's kind of just a high, hyper subjective thing. So. I don't know. I don't know. I accidentally how to... read a hentai manga. Accidentally, where, uh, yeah, yeah. You accidentally, I accidentally read one. I accidentally read the whole thing. Where, yeah, um, same bit, and it was totally about like Pokemon fucking. I just found it weird. So mm-hmm. wait, wait, wait. Hang on. I, yeah, I, I totally have a question. Which yeah. Pokemon? Okay, so this is a weird thing. Is that Ash? Yeah, becomes mm-hmm. a Pikachu for some reason. Uh huh. And he so just starts—he just starts fucking his Pokemon that he has in the anime. Uh, all right. And, that, that, and, and okay. so, so when he when he has Pokemon children, how many perfect IVs do they have? <laughs> Man, the stats on these are gonna be fantastic. That's why he's doing it. I mean, it's like because hey, look, it's like I, choke breeding but more involved yeah i'm a competitive gamer that's all i care about <laughs> all i care about is the perfect stats how we got to this end is, I, i'm not gonna ask questions about the means mm-hmm. i don't know why i read it honestly if we're gonna i i mean you can't like, even read it because it's in japanese but yeah it like there's something so there's something so weird about seeing something from your childhood or even not so childhood, like if you weren't into Pokemon until you were like 16 or whatever. I was into it when I was a kid, but I wasn't I didn't really look back on it until I was like 20 or whatever. But like it's weird seeing pocket monsters getting fucked. Yeah, by Pikachu. That's just so weird with the backwards baseball cap. Well, it's like there's a, you know, I don't know. There's another context, like, of attachment, right? So it kind of makes sense. on Like, it's like, oh, these are characters I know. So there's, like, a point of entry. 
of interest. But then, like, you kind of believe it because you know Ash loves his Pokemon, so there's kind of a weird consistency. Oh, he loves going his there too. <sighs> Well, like, there's a relationship dynamic already established in your head that it is able to kind of subvert and twist, and it's weird to see it happen. But it's but kind then, of like when you see these Pokemon that you grew up loving and catching by yourself because you have to catch them all. Yep. Just fucking drowning and cum. It's <laughs> like let's get yeah. That is, these are things that the internet provides. Um, it's so gross at the same time, but you kind of need to see it because it's vindicating. It's like I'm an adult, and this is a thing from my childhood, and there's cum all over it. And now it's adulted. It is. <laughs> it is grown up. It's here. Here it is. Yep. There's I, there's so many '80s cartoons. I feel that way about. A surprisingly I mean, large number. Like Biker Mice from Mars? Um, well, uh, I was thinking more of that Dungeons & Dragons cartoon. Oh my god, okay. Because, like, I, when I was a I, kid, that was my that was my first exposure to thigh-high socks and a, and a short skirt. So that man. blew my little, my little preteen mind. Yeah. I mean, I... I it kind of fundamentally makes sense, though, right? Because, I mean, you're watching these weird sexless shows because they're censored for kids, right? But somewhere in that world, procreation is happening, so fucking is happening, right? Fucking so then to kind of happening, my friend. So to see those blanks filled in, it's just kind of like, this kind of makes sense. I see what you did there. Rock never- hard, hashtag. <laughs> in uh, it, in uh, all seriousness... Where I get that, where I get my fix of that, where it's not being censored, is actually quite a few web comics, because you know there are a lot of them that have these sensibilities of these old shows that I like to watch, but mm-hmm. they don't they don't prance around like flirting and, and stuff. Flirting. Like it's kind of they at least yeah, acknowledge yeah. that like, relationship. Yeah, they dynamic. don't. Sure, like they don't dance around that. They don't dance around kinks. They don't dance around bi or homosexuality, which all these cartoons still do to this day, which Mm -hmm. infuriates me. Because even though I'm a straight guy, you know, we can't ignore the significant portion of the human race that is not heterosexual. You just can't. Nor should we. We need to have more characters that exhibit these traits and that are gay and that are bisexual and that aren't uh, vilified and condemned for it, really. Mm-hmm. Like just to make a more multi-dimensional, interesting show. So, yep. interesting yeah. characters in general. Mm-hmm. I need I need to go ahead and say something on the record. Yeah, none of the stuff I'm talking about that like I've seen pictures of or like that he- fucking hentai manga and stuff. I didn't find mm-hmm. any of it sexual. It was more of a curiosity. Okay. So I wasn't just like, oh, man, I'm going to go to the bathroom with my phone right now. I'm going to drop everything. No, it wasn't like that. It was kind of like, this is really fucking weird that this exists. So I need to make that clear because I know people are just going to be like, oh, you like the Pikachu cock now, huh? (laughs) That 8 out of 10 is fully warranted, you faggot. (laughs) Just like, Mm -hmm. Jesus. I I am not ready to make that admission. (laughs) Fair enough. I don't need you to. I just don't need to keep seeing furry porn, I guess, to bring it back home. Indeed. And that's the greatest gift of all. Furry porn? <laughs> or not <laughs> no, needing just, to? <laughs> just not needing to in general. 
it 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 it's two a.m. My eyes are glazing over. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Let's let's go to questions and voicemails because to kind of segue into this, who would you cosplay as if you were to cosplay? Asks Mister Marshmallow. Well, I, I was well. totally answering this. I was totally answering this before the podcast, and then Mister Marshmallow got super pissed at me for answering it before the podcast started. <laughs> um, so. With my current physique, because I'm in terrible shape, um, I could from Street Fighter Four. Uh, Sorry, you uh, cut like... out right when you said the name. Sorry. Oh, uh, Rufus from Street Fighter Four. Oh man. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, there Bob was a, once Tekken. upon a time where I wasn't better sh- in shape, and maybe I could have done someone more rugged. But yeah, Rufus. Nathan. I like for me, like the kind of constraint I have to take into consideration all the time is like I have glasses, and I, I like I never... rarity. What? <laughs> oh wait, I guess while she's showing, she actually does put on glasses. So you're right. Uh-huh. There you go. Or when Twilight's studying. So there you go. That that's who I we figured it out. Cracked the code. No. Um. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, I have to kind of think within those constraints of, like, well, I want to wear this Bioshock mask or whatever, but I can't, because glasses, so I, that's out. Um, so I, Like, Otacon or something, maybe? He's a character No, we glasses. both know that's John. I know, he's more so. He's got, the like, the hair just is that way, and it's perfect. Well, and he just looks that way. Yeah, general. just give him a so... briefcase and a white jacket, and he, oh, he's Otacon. He's like, no, he's just walking down the street. But yeah, I know. Um, but I don't know. So who Nathan, else has- would your would your Otacon costume include the pea stain on the front? <laughs> uh, if I want to like be authentic, yeah, no, totally. I, okay. I really, now I have I a follow up question. Yeah, yeah. Would it be your pee? Well, you know, I'm a slave to authenticity, so it would be my pee. <laughs> uh, Hashtag rock hard. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, I, I honestly gravitate to Metal Gear Solid Two for like where where I think about the characters and stuff. So no, probably, but yeah, just to be serious, I'd also have a parrot, and it would be you know pretty pretty crazy. Sure. And I just start crying about EE, and it's it's pretty intense. Um, I don't know what I could pull off to be yeah, completely honest with you. Yeah, like it would have to be something with a mask, probably. Because really? I don't, I don't really think I have a face that fits with a lot of like, it's not like uh, cutesy or like fair enough to be like kind of an anime character, and it's not rugged enough to be like a character from a video game. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's right in the middle where I couldn't pull either of them off. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think you could do Dom Santiago via Gears Three. Because he was kind of rocking the beard at that point. Okay. I don't know what Dom says in Gears 3. Like, oh, I die? I'm dead? Oh, wait, spoilers. (laughs) No, it's years ago. I I haven't even played it, and I know that happens. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Dom. I think I'm trying to think, like, just across the board, like, movie characters, anything. Like, I just, there's such a narrow range of glasses sporting protagonists. I might be able to pull off, like, a big boss later on in his years, because then I could just put on a trench coat, an eye patch, and just kind of grow a beard and paint it white with white hair. Mm -hmm. 
I might be able to do that because he's not overly rugged like a younger snake is and like ruggedly handsome or anything. He's just kind of an older guy. And I think I could pull off an older guy, maybe. Dexter's lab, Meowth is saying. So I, I just don't have much affinity for that show. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know. You would cosplay as Dexter's Dexter's entire lab? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole room? Play the, the I mean, on a weird note, like people are dressing as TARDISes all over the place, and that's just a prop in that show. And it's weird because it's like I, I don't know, I was thinking like who dresses as the DeLorean? from back to the future like that's Dude, there was somebody machine. i saw a picture of on the internet like yeah. a girl who went as a bloody tampon which is like the grossest fucking idea i think i could ever see maybe yeah that's pretty bad that's just like kind of poor taste and well, like it's, you know halloween is scary though right like it makes you go, no, no, maybe it's, it's one like... of those uh interpretive costumes it represents I cut out. I, I couldn't hear. Oh, I said it's one of those interpretive costumes. It represents the fall of man. Oh, okay. The patriarchy. It's, it's like, it's, you know, back to feminism. Like It's kind of progressive. Makes you think. <laughs> like, Indeed. Take, like, taking it back? We never wanted it, so you could have it. Like, <sighs> you don't need to take that back. That, I mean, fucking bloody tampons, that's, girl, you go. You go, girl. That's your thing. I, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe we should just go to voicemails before this degrades any further. First one is from Oath, <laughs> one of two. So let's start okay. here. Part one. Daylight savings time gave me an hour of sleep, and how do I do it? By watching anime for an extra hour. But that's my problem. That's a problem? Uh, not much has happened in the gaming world of mine besides Phoenix Wright's Dual Destinies, which is awesome. But, hey Nathan, have you cracked open the heart gold like you said you were going to, or was that just a little lie you made up? <gasps> was that a lie, Nathan? Did you crack it open yet, you fucking liar? <laughs> That's so accusatory. <laughs> wow. Like, I don't know what time scale I committed to but wow all right it's almost like i'm getting bullied into it now <laughs> play hard gold uh, you gotta play pokemon oh no uh, 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 at the risk of being you know a total stickler i i didn't hear a question in that voicemail um well it, it was i there. guess yeah it you, works like did you open up your heart gold yet oh well, okay okay before but I put it back in the case and stopped playing it, but okay. I, I have not resumed playing that yet. You know, Alice is there as a game that I'm playing, but... <sighs> I guess I should get on that, huh? Yeah. I could go either way, really, because I don't have to do it, so... The Pokemon Heart Gold. Okay. Um, Let's go to her second question. Okay, so... Or wait, Daylight's do you have an answer? Well, no, I, I don't know. They're just kind of topics brought up. So, like, David, Daylight Savings. What did you do with your extra hour? Maybe that was kind of the thing I got out of that. I played more Vita games. But, yeah. I hung out. I don't know. I mean, 2 a.m. lasted a long time. <laughs> yeah. So, that was okay, because that was my day off. 
Okay. Carlos, what did you do with your extra hour of freedom? I slept for an extra hour. I'm I'm real lame. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. That's a really good answer. I wish I had slept for an extra hour. Instead, I did nothing. Mm-hmm. Next uh, question or two. Yeah, next. Or next video or audio I'm clip. If you hear Pokemon X and Y in the background, that's just me playing Pokemon. I have discovered the berry farm and how awesome it is because I can grow 8 to 10 berries at a time if I take care of them. And I find that really amazing. Hey, Paul, have you used the berry farm in your X version or not? I mean, I know you're not really into the competitive battle stuff, but I figured if you want some excess antidotes, paralysis seals, and uh, awakenings to heal those stupid status conditions, you should really use the berry farm, and I recommend it. But Pokemon aside, uh, if you did any 3DS game shopping, what would you buy right now? Oh, that was uh, a question. Uh, I, ha- I have not been using the berry farm. I do know about it because you kind of run into it probably... Like, within the first couple hours, I'm going to say, if you're exploring around. Um, Yeah, berries are good for those status conditions, but otherwise I don't use them very much because I always forget Pokemon are holding shit and they can hold shit. And the only thing they hold is stuff to make them more powerful, so when I go into a battle, I can just absolutely destroy something. So that's what they hold, usually. But um, 3DS shopping, anytime I do it, it's usually virtual console stuff to get the old games I enjoyed on the NES on my handheld, and I never play them because I can play them on the actual NES or emulators or somewhere else, and I always kind of forget that I have Zelda 2, the best Zelda game, on my handheld. Are so. you, like, a ambassador? Is that where that came from? No, I am not. I wish I was, because then oh, I would okay. have had to pay a large amount of money to get all the games that they got for free. Yep. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm not completely disinterested in Phoenix Wright. I'm just kind of not jonesing for a Phoenix Wright game right now because that's a pretty specific, basically, an interactive book experience. So, I don't know. I don't really keep tabs on the 3DS shop. I, I don't know if there's interesting stuff popping up in there or not. So, yeah. Why isn't Earthbound there too? Do we? Re- I mean, Nintendo doesn't like to make money, so. Oh, okay. I, I guess that. I don't know. It just seems weird that they haven't kind of merged their home console and 3DS store stuff ever. Like it's like, hey, I bought this here. Can I also, you know, like the Vita PlayStation experience is kind of neat that way, where it's like, oh, I can play Hotline Miami on both, but I obviously would never play it on the Vita because the controls are terrible. But I could. So well, you would never play it on anything without a mouse. I actually got kind that's of used insane. To the D-pad, but You're insane. You're a crazy person. It's at least playable. The way they do lock on in the Vita version is just ridiculous. Like it's like tap the screen, tap the dudes, and you're just like that doesn't make sense because my hands are on the controls. So take I'm your hand playing. off of the controls in this tightly knit game that relies fully on you controlling oh it perfectly. Second timing and, tap. and stuff. Yeah, it's like, no, that doesn't work. Like, to aim, you have to scroll with the touchscreen. It makes no sense. Like, they did a bad job. 
but uh, we're digressing. Carlos, what about you? 3ds shopping. Um. So before I get, I was planting berries the other day and making mulch and planting more berries and watering them, and then I realized what the hell I was doing. So I threw my DS against a wall and had a nervous breakdown. Then That's I went on a berry. vision quest and. When I came back, I just planted more berries. It was really kind of sad. As for the 3DS shop, I've already used it. Um, I bought a physical copy of Pro Pokemon Y, and then I bought a 32-gig um, uh, SD card because my plan was, hey, I can download games. Why buy the physical copies? Uh, I already downloaded Donkey Kong Country three Returns 3D, and yeah, I think I'm going to download the new Zelda and any other game I want right onto the SD card, because that seems super handy and convenient. Um, but yeah, I think Virtual Console and some older titles will probably see quite a bit of use. Like, I got all the Shantae games, yeah. and I'll probably get a few others as they strike my fancy. Uh, I'm really tempted to get the Zelda 2 on Virtual Console, but I, I've paid for that game 17 different times in my life. I'm going to go ahead and say you don't need to, but, because it plays pretty kind of shitty on a small screen in your hand excellent that uh that seals the deal i will play it on emulator again yep i guess pretty much I, how how just, is donkey kong i just need to know um so part of the reason i did not like the wii version is because they put precision controls in a precision platformer mapped to waggling yeah yeah <laughs> that that like like, I, I turned into a tornado of teeth and fingernails and destroyed everything in my path when I fucking saw that they did that. Um, on the 3DS, when I want to roll, I hit a button. And you have what? no idea how much more playable the game is. Yeah. Because I don't have to waggle the stupid thing. Also, I didn't think I was going to use this with the system. The 3D in it is really good and doesn't give me a headache. So I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, Pokemon I downloaded, and, uh, well, I bought it, and then I had to buy another card because I realized the one I had that came with the system that I bought off a guy from Kijiji was way too small for that and all my virtual console games, which was really annoying. But anyways, there is something really liberating about being able to push a button and then just leave it for the night while you sleep and then wake up and on the way to work the next day, you have that full game ready to play and you didn't have to go to a store or talk to the crazy people that love Pokemon games. Hmm. Yeah, because those people are the worst. Who wants to talk to them? Like, kind of. So, 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 so who wants to Pokemon battle after we're done? Yeah, grudge match against Carlos for saying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have you on 3DS as a 3DS friend, and we have to remedy that after this is done. But, yeah, the downloading oh, oh. thing is huge, for sure. Okay, Ooh. I guess I just, on that note, in relation to, like, I, I said some pretty positive things about, so like, the Vita on that front. I'm also going to say, like, fuck Sony for making a proprietary format again, because yeah. now I have to pay $70 for their 32-gig thing, and that sucks. Like, that's, that's just a shitty thing. Yeah, like, I have SD cards around. It's just like, no, we made our own thing, because, I don't know, we didn't learn anything last time. Yeah, thanks, so, Sony. Yeah. Or should I say, Hitler? There's, yeah. there's there's nothing worse than proprietary storage, and you are right to compare it to Hitler. Yeah, Pretty much. I mean, Holocaust and pro- proprietary storage, 
kind of on an even kilt, if you ask me, because one happened a long time ago, nobody remembers, and this is happening now. So they <laughs> affect me about the same. Yeah, the irony is maybe nobody will remember because nobody will have a drive that reads the proprietary storage. <laughs> <laughs> so we had all these documents on here about what happened in the Holocaust, but no one can read them anymore, so everyone forgets. The and then it happens again. Thanks a lot, Sony. Who the fuck was storing this on their PS Vita? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what historians of the future are going to use for some ill-conceived reason. I don't know. It's a slick interface, that's why. I don't know. He can't even play games very good. However, we're going to store all of history's <laughs> knowledge in it. Like, Actually, where should we back not... up all these drives? Said the Smithsonian director. I don't know. <laughs> that's oh, Library of Congress. Yeah, there's Smithsonian. Like... There you go. <laughs> they like <laughs> brand it. <laughs> okay. Uh, that was Sony presents the Holocaust. No, no, no. <laughs> we yeah. don't need to. We we don't need to make light of a terrible tragedy. No, no, clearly we do. Sony presents the Holocaust. There we go. Well, I mean, we don't need Adam, to make light of it because system. Nintendo obviously did it years ago. Next question. With the beginning of last week's Humble Weekly sale featuring Team 17 and the Worms franchise, as well as Alien Breed for higher purchase prices, Humble Bundle debuted a new key redemption service where users must click links to link the entire bundle to their Steam account. The claim is that this is done to reduce bundle resales. With the recent changes coming for unlocking new games in the second week of sales, key redemption for games, and even exclusively non-indie bundles, is the Humble Bundle name slowly becoming an oxymoron? Are these guys becoming the not-so-Humble Bundle? What are your thoughts on this? Humble Bundle becoming Activision EA, what do you guys think? Well... That's not quite well. I don't know. They they definitely are becoming more and more commercial. If that's you know that's just true. Like EA and all these big companies are kind of using it as kind of a means of getting attention in a way. Which is like, hey man, charity is kind of like the blanket thing that makes it cool. But it's kind of just like, hey, you should use Origin, and we're gonna you know make you do that. It was kind of like the subtext of that whole thing, but you know, good stuff on the surface, so it makes it totally okay. But it is kind of putting the pill in the steak to make the dog eat it. There you go, there's an analogy. Well, all, all I know, I mean, I'm just a humble city boy. I may not know many things. However, all I know is that when they give me the 20 games and I just have to pay 350 I'm pretty happy because video games are kind of worthless. That's pretty humble. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of my point of view on it as well. I can't be too mad when I'm essentially paying pennies for pennies per game with these bundles, right? Yeah. And uh, even even if they aren't technically humble, well, cheesecake isn't technically cake, so whatever. <laughs> there you go. I guess that's a good. I I kind of like. I mean, I okay. So we was, do a site. Kind of... We do a site called Pixel Response. Yeah, And we have a page full of old keys, and we give that shit out to our community and people that listen to us. And anybody that kind of wants one, when they don't mm-hmm. have, like, for people that are like, I'm in school, I kind of want to play a new video game, and I don't have any money. We're kind of like, well, I mean, if you send us a question or, like, do something to kind of give us content because we're cheap, 
we'll give you one of these. And people are like, okay, I'll take it. For me personally, that sucks. But for me, like as a consumer, I kind of like being able to log in a page, pushing a button, and I don't have to put a key in. It's just done. Oh so, wait, what? Like, what is the new thing that's happened? Like, is it just you, they've you connect bundled your all Steam the account keys? in the humble bundle thing? Oh, and then you just push a button and it redeems in your account. And you, that is the new way you have to do it that way, or I don't know if you have to do it that way because you can still gift accounts. Oh, maybe it is because if you gift a humble bundle, then they do it. Okay. So, Maybe like, I mean, is. it's kind of shrewd, like, that's kind of smart on their front, because, yeah, people are totally handing keys out, but, or, like, you know, giving keys around. But, I don't know, at the same time, I don't feel like that's defrauding them exactly, because it's like, well, I already have six out of these nine games, yet I'm still opting to do it, because there's value there for me, and then I can kind of spread the love, I guess, right? Give, give them around. So that they're kind of quelling that is kind of weird, but I don't know. They're, they're still... Like, does it matter? I Like, when we stuff. get those packs or whatever and I have extras, there have been times where it's like, okay, I'm paying the minimum, but I'm also mm-hmm. paying it five times so I get keys for my community people. I'm basically yeah. buying it for them and, then, like, giving them out when they want one or need one or whatever. Is mm-hmm. that really so bad? Because it's like... Well, now you're just making sure that I only give you money once, and these people that never got it before just won't get it, period. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Again, I'm just looking at this. I mean, I don't, like... re- I don't want to say they're Hitler, but, yeah. I mean, you know. Follow the money. You follow the money. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I'm just looking at this Team 17 pack. It's like, how many times can you play Worms? It's kind of the same game. Uh, you play it once with a whole bunch of friends and you have a really, really good time and then you never talk about it again because fuck it. Well, but I mean, like, it's like owning six different worm games is kind of redundant because you... No, no, you only play the one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And Armageddon's in there, so you win. But, yeah. okay. Next question. Oh, but I got reloaded in the main bundle, so I'm good. I don't know. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> uh, last question, actually. This one's from Elvis. Hey, Cole, Nathan, that's hard right now. I go to the list too soon. There's a course, I actually don't want to go. Like, I have to. So, my question for the day is, Paul, oh, you've been playing Hearthstone recently. Been there a few times. Maybe I've missed it when you talked about it, when you but what's your opinion on Hearthstone? I don't know if there's pretty of us just to cash in on the Warcraft franchise. It's in your play, it actually looks a lot like fun. Well, that's it. That was hard to hear, but uh. I think that was directed towards me and basically what's your opinion of Hearthstone? And it kind of. Then him saying, I basically thought. That uh, it looked like a weird cheap cash in for Blizzard's other properties and just like a weird card game, but it actually looks kind of cool seeing you play it. Okay, I think that's kind of what I got out of it. I apologize if that's not it. However, Hearthstone's really cool. I really like it, and that's weird for me to say because I kind of fucking hate card games. Um, okay, there is like that whole I played WoW, I played like 
all these Blizzard properties, like normal Warcraft and stuff. I know lore behind it. I know these characters. None of that fucking matters, but it kind of adds to it a little bit. It's a really easy-to-pick-up card game. You play it a couple times for the first time. You get the idea of what you're supposed to do, and then you get cards, and you slowly learn how to play these cards, and then you start playing people, and you start owning them. And it's the reason why people, competitive gaming people like competitive games, because you just kind of go in and just like do your thing and then come out victorious i don't know it's it's really easy to just pick up and play i guess that's the takeaway from it which i didn't find other card games to be that way at all okay that's my answer i i don't know i I haven't played hearthstone yet Mm -hmm. pointed it's just warcraft properties i would think that this would have been an opportunity for blizzard to just shoehorn all their properties there like Maybe I could play as 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 Arthas, or maybe I could play as the Lost Vikings. Like, why not uh, draw upon that history? Because a lot of people forget Blizzard has quite a long history, and it's not just things that have craft in their name. Sure. Um, uh, but I do want to try the card racing. game. Yeah, rock and roll racing. I do want to try the card game. It looks like a lot of fun, and I probably will at some point. Free to play. I kind of have an ideological problem against it, but it's not going to stop me from actually trying the game. Maybe I'm a sucker, and I probably am. I've already spent money in the beta for this card game. I, I've spent money on on things related to Warcraft as well, so you're so I can't judge you. I'm kind of okay with spending money on stuff I like, though, like. It's one of these things where it's like, I play the game for free, like Dota, for instance. And then it's like, what's five bucks here to just get a weird thing for a character I like? It's nothing to me, because I'm playing the game for free. I put in, like, 200 hours into it. What's, like, ten bucks? Fucking nothing. I'm having more of a problem these days with, like, the idea that I have to pay $60 up front, and I might not like something, like Beyond Two Souls. Sure, sure. Um... I would tend to uh, agree with that. Like, I tweeted this to Nintendo, but I think that they should offer, with this upcoming PokeBank they're doing, some pay-per-Pokemon service where I paid them a fee, and I was allowed to just edit all the IVs and EVs of my Pokemon. So you're into competitive Pokemon, right? And that way I don't... Uh, I'm not really into it, but I kind of want to have a perfect team just because I have this weird fetish with having a perfect team. I'm with uh, you. I, I'm, I'm, it's so weird when, you, when you're when you like me and you don't know a whole lot about a lot of Pokemon. That's really hard to do. I, I got a little hungry to play it more competitive Pokemon today because I was hanging out with some of the Edmonton gamers and we kind of just lazed around one dude's house playing Pokemon against each other. And it was... It had no business being as much fun as it was, so I kind of want to... And, you know, these are all a bunch of people who play Street Fighter and stuff, which is what I do too, right? So we're all hungry to kick the crap out of one another and never lose. (laughs) So I'm a little hungry for that, and I kind of hope Nintendo gives me a venue to do that without me needing to go... That's not even that hard to do anymore, so I don't know. I might just dedicate the time... And, and yeah. I'm going to hate myself for it, but I might just do it anyway. Sure. Um, 
so yeah hearthstone's really good and when it comes out you should maybe buy it if you think you might like it because i'm gonna go ahead and say you probably will because i don't even like card games and i like it so thank you for your voicemails that's the last one if you want to send us a voicemail we will tell you how to do that right about now Got a question or comment for the show? You can email us at podcast at pixelresponse.com or leave a voicemail using the voicemail feature on the right side of the main page. On Twitter, you can reach Nathan at Krasnor and Paul at Exposure. Be sure to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash thepixelresponse and visit pixelresponse.com for more. Also, I want to go ahead and say thank you, Carlos, a.k.a. Specs, a.k.a. Handsome Fat Man, a.k.a. a hundred different other aliases, as you say. Go ahead and say where people can find you on the Internet, because our pre-recorded message doesn't know about you, and people should. Uh, well, first of all, thank you very much. Uh, to, thanks very much to you and Nathan for having me. Uh, I had a lot of fun, actually. Um, well, not actually. I was expecting to have fun, but totally... The, yeah genuine <laughs> so yeah, I don't yeah know. genuine genuine so you can find me on twitter at handsome fat man um my website which is undergoing construction is handsomefatman.com and uh i do a lot of youtube let's plays and other videos at youtube.com slash uh, oh. slash axelhander a-x-e-l-h-a-n-d-e-r and you should also listen to my, the podcast I co-host, Two Fat Guys Talk Games, uh, tfgtg.blogspot.com. Yeah. I agree. I will also be posting a link for that in the show notes, so people can just go ahead and click that. If you're looking on the page, it'll be in the show notes if you're listening on Stitcher. Also, we didn't do it, but you know, blah, 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 Amazon link, do that so we well, can give us money. I was going to say, like, if you're going to buy a proprietary memory card for your Vita, go through our link. Or Call of Duty Ghosts, and that's how we became millionaires. In stores now. Um, In Amazon.com, which means it is technically on Pixel Response personal store, because you click that link and you give us money for nothing. So you should probably do that, because we need money, because we are broke as fuck, and this isn't getting any easier. And then we can get better and more guests and blah, blah, blah. You can listen to Carlos more and... um, Maybe we can get David Cage on him and lambast him for all his shitty things. Please, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you all later. We love you all. I had way too much to drink. Good night, everybody. Should we get, like, furries to guest sometime? Ask them questions?